2: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
3: the Talksport fan network is proudly supported by mcdelivery bringing you the food you love mcdelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door no matter the result you'll always be winning with mcdelivery so the only thing left to say is you win Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app of participating restaurants eighteen plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com dot <laughs> com. Welcome to the Chelsea fan cast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that is very glad it's all over. Now, if ever a season needed binning off, then it's this one. Statistically, it's Chelsea's worst season for nearly 30 years. And we haven't lost this many games in a season since the not-so-heady days of 1978-79 and it's worth noting that that's the era we refer to when we're asked where were you when you were shit in truth it's felt even worse it started with the period when we were under sanctions and today marks the first year of clear lakes ownership of the club they have presided over a clusterfuck of an omni shambles of epic proportions they've certainly put the hollywood into the club but more Heaven's Gate than The Godfather.
0: Oh, church. I think On fire. I thank you.
3: The finger of blame for much of what has gone wrong this season should be rightly pointed at them. But ultimately, it's the players who need to do it on the pitch, and they have singularly failed to do so time and time and time again. Now that Mauricio Pochettino has finally been appointed, let's hope we can begin to sort this mess out, starting with a much-needed clear-out of players we need to see the back of. And the title for this show is Over and Out. I think with the emphasis on the out. Anyway, Chelsea fancast number 998. I am Stanford Chidge, and as ever... Well, I say as ever, I'm I'm delighted to be joined by Jonathan Kidd. Privileged, I think is the word. He's speaking from his hospital bed at the moment.
0: (laughs) It's only a minor option, only a minor option. Uh, yes, lovely to be able to co- get a connection. Considering I'm on my iPad, yeah. and uh, and I'm hosting the my iPhone is bouncing it. What's the expression? It's hosting it. Yeah. So uh, it's good to be getting a signal. Yeah. Yes, Chid, It's interesting though. We can now quote. Um, Where were you when you were shit? It's it's more appropriate for lots of other supporters now who vaguely got an idea about us being shit. It's, it's quite nice. It's being shared by so many other uh, Chelsea fans rather than um, season after season of uh, of success. As it'd be interesting to see how many of them remain Chelsea fans at the end of this season, well, whether there's a, a, a drop-off in fans. But um, yes, it has been absolutely appalling. And I think with with the perspective of the whole season, we just, you know, this kind of terrible desire to stay with the Potter process was completely a waste of time. And we wasted so much energy on that when we could have just all gone universally, just gone, he's shit, fuck off, rather than attempting to give him you know, watching games and thinking, oh, I see possible there's a little shoot there. There's a possibility we might be getting better. Sort of having to go through all of that. I mean, oh, for goodness sake. But yes, instead of which, we then had the bizarre Frank tenure, which must be one of the most ridiculous pieces of management. Piece Whether he was being interfered with by the owners with these absolutely ridiculous team changes, who knows? But, you know, once again, our, our love for him will never be impaired. Because he is the greatest player that yeah. we've ever had. But we,
3: we will, okay. we will be. We have a word about that. I think uh, during. The do you know what? Um good. if I'd have known, mate, I'd have brought you some pickled eggs and walnuts.
0: Oh, I'd have stuffed them up my ass. Chid. It would have been fun.
3: <laughs> that's not why I would have brought them. To be fair, <laughs> didn't you, ever, Laurel and Hardy? Do you remember that he, he brought pickled eggs yeah, and walnuts? Yes, when uh, Doctor do, uh, Mart had his uh, his hip operation. Um, you know, shortly before I sacked him. No, no, that's not true. Um, me and Chell Tell went to, to visit him in, in, in some hospital in South London somewhere and uh, and Tell did actually bring him a bag of pickled eggs and walnuts and uh, and Martin nearly fell out of bed and broke his other hip. It was very funny. Anyway, <laughs> we, are, we are waffling as always. JK, I don't care if you're in bed in hospital, you can still do your duty and your duty is to introduce our fine guest tonight.
0: We have an excellent man uh, tonight, who I was very um, pleased to s- s- sit, sit, stand, and kneel next to at the Under the Bridge <laughs> show at the uh, at the weekend, which we will be waxing lyrical about later, because it was a completely fabulous evening. My goodness me, what how superb was that! And uh, he is, of course, a man of wit, charm, and huge knowledge about goalkeepers and huge knowledge about our team. It is the housewife's choice. <laughs> Mr.
4: Clayton Beerman. Hello. Good evening. Lovely to be here. Didn't think I'd be seeing you tonight, JK. What a pleasure. Well, you know, I, I felt I
0: had, I had to have a go. You know, I had to have a you go.
4: Did. You did indeed. It's not all doom and gloom tonight, though, because your no, other the guests... the
3: season's finished.
4: No, well, your other <laughs> guests and I are very pleased about certain things that did go on this weekend, which were a lot better than the men,
0: the women. <laughs> Would you like to introduce him? Because you are a, a pair in your knowledge of uh, of the women's football in a way I, that I am...
4: I, I bow to Dane. They're a pair in their love for the knowledge. women. <laughs> it's the wonderful Dane Whittle, who is uh, part of the Went to mow Kings Meadow... Brew, uh women podcaster and damn fine bloke. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh.
0: I appreciate very, that, lovely thank man. You. very
3: lovely man. About bloody time we had you on too, Dame. Where have you been? I don't know what happened to the last schedule. Did what happened?
0: Was oh it, yeah, it... no, I did I
5: did reply a few times, yeah. uh, but there must have was I think it was lost in translation or something. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I've considered not been quite free on most nights, because Dean has moved house and he's having problems which I had about nine months ago with the Wi-Fi. So he's not been doing any shows. So most nights I've been available, uh, which is a shame. But it's it's nice to come back on now. Like Clayton, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too down. You know, I'm still a fan of this show even when I'm not on it. So I listen, agree, disagree with all the shows. You know, tuning in. But I think it's a good time to to end the season <laughs> and. Uh, look forward to the next one
3: yeah here yeah, yeah. here it's really good to see obviously great to see clayton um as jk uh did say a minute ago and he's quite right uh he uh, well actually you know me uh, jk uh clayton uh martin we're all, we're all uh, stood together watching the eighty three eighty four reunion. reunion. So, and, and my mate, Matt, my old mate, Matt. So uh, we had a fine evening. We'll tell you all about that later. But good to have you on the show, Clay. Good to see you again. And really nice to see you, Dan. As I said, it must I reckon we can blame me on that one for my inability to read. Uh, but I'm glad <laughs> I've rectified it. And uh, it's lovely to see you, mate. Right, no, you doing
5: a good job balancing us all up, so I can't complain. No
3: problem. Any You know me. Now, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to the show live. Live. Very good. Every Monday and Friday at seven thirty PM, by going to Mixilar, which is Chelsea. Hi from Fancast. Dot Dot com, where you can, of course, join in the lovely chat that they all have uh, on the chat page, the live chat page. Great fun. Uh, it's like a twenty. It's like well, it's just brilliant fun. Just get, well, get on there. You'll know what I mean. Um, obviously, you can follow us on all the socials at Chelsea Fancast. Listen and subscribe on Acast, Spotify, Apple. And um, wherever you get your podcasts and make sure you give us a very beautifully uh, blue uh, ribbon wrapped five star review. OK, uh, otherwise I'll send the lads round. Right. We'll be back after this very short break. I mean uh I have to say that my I mean I think we just all wanted this season to be over weeks ago really and uh and I and I don't want to like jump the gun a bit because we will we will wrap up this part with the 83 84 union but t- to say that I had a drink taken would be an understatement um I think uh, I I I finally left the Fox and pheasant about midnight and had a rather strange journey home, but it was you know that when that 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 when you have that last pint and it's the one that tips you over the edge, that happened to me. So I was I was muchos hungover, but actually luckily because I was staying in London, I got I got up to stay, I got up to the bridge really really early. So I got in the cock nice and early. Saw Bunsy, saw Bunsy. Haven't seen Bunsy for ages. Brilliant to see him. Met loads of lovely people as always. Steve Burton bought me a pint. Thank you, Steve. And. Uh, I met Stephen from uh, Kentucky. It was his birthday, which he didn't tell me. So happy birthday to you, Stephen. It was lovely to see him. He's a great buddy of Scott Melton, who we saw earlier in the season. So a great bit of cockage was had by all. And I had about four pints, but that really didn't even make a dent in my hangover, sadly. So I was a bit, a bit kind of dazed and confused as I wandered into the ground. But JK, not, not quite as confused as I was when I saw the team sheet. To see, <laughs> Signor Aspilicueta Well, I mean, actually, do you know what? I can understand why Aspi was playing because, you know, I suspect that is the last time we'll see him in a in a blue shirt. W- weren't the wasn't the banner lovely?
0: But uh, it would have been a bit crap if he'd not been on the pitch of the banner. Well, it, it was
3: would, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I kind of get that. Uh, yeah, but I mean yeah. to play him when you've got St Maximum in the side. I mean for fuck's sake. Anyway.
0: Well the the first goal was, was a yeah, perfect I know. example of it, wasn't it? When it, was, wall, it was it was it was is bringing after the wrong player it and was. there's nobody marks and maximum.
3: I think I think the point I'm trying to make, JK, again, is it's it's a different flaming defence. Again, I mean you cannot win games of football when you change the flaming defense every game. And I'm sure Clayton will have something to say in a minute about what that means to the goalkeepers. And then in the midfield having had a midfield that looked half decent the other week we cheek cheek comes back in for no apparent reason uh, and then bloody sterling plays, which of course I suspected he would rather than mudrick but I mean you know it's just it's just such an inevitability it, about the it, fucked upness of it really
0: it, yeah absolutely and it gives a kind of argument to the shop window thing doesn't it really that uh, or giving just creating a team for the fans you know if you go with with the idea that that Frank was a was a PR exercise. Perhaps you go for the idea that some of the players are PR exercises. Um, you know, let's give uh let's give Aspie obviously a game, which is fair enough. Um, but um he's not gonna be on the ball because he's, you know, we've established his legs have gone. And we you know, for those saying you're being cruel, well, you know, the proof of the pudding was in the eating. Um I, I fear that uh, that Gillette, as I call him Sterling, will be with us next season because I think Poch will try and make a um, get a, a, a twinge out of him in some way, and there were moments, particularly the second half, where when he gets his finger out, he can actually um, provide something, getting into the penalty area from time to time. But um, when he had that moment, had that uh, that instance where both the balls kicked off the line twice, you thought, well, actually, a better striker, Hey, full stop, a striker playing in that team would have scored four goals. Well, I thought, on
3: I thought it was genius, like of Sterling, actually, to realise that. We don't have a striker and none of our players are capable of scoring. So basically allow the opposition to score for us. That clearly, <laughs> this is the thing. We don't need to spend a hundred million quid on a striker next year. We need to make sure the opposition score the goals for us. Clayton, you were you were shaking your head in disbelief at, the, at JK's utterance of Sterling playing for us next season and Pochettino getting a tune out of him. Well, yes, I mean...
4: Firstly, I wasn't really particularly bothered about the team because I'd given up. I, I didn't care who was playing on, on Sunday. Um, I, I think that the the team on Thursday night, which I know that you discussed um, in your previous show, but the team that we played on Thursday night is a team that most people would have wanted us to pick. And for a good part of that team, some of the football they played, was wasn't fabulous. bad, was it? Clayton? It was really, it really good and happy had a striker, yada yada yada. Um but so you know, and that team got stuffed. So
0: well, because of the three errors by Fafana, though, they were really big errors, weren't
4: they? Yeah, they they were, they were, but I mean the guy the guy's a kid, and that, that defense, I mean, when you looked at that defense. Before the game on Thursday, you just knew what was going to happen. I mean that that was a that was a descent that was a defense. Well, well, you know, I asked you a minute ago about you know how on earth would a goalkeeper
3: feel or a defense period? I mean, it, the, every week the defense changes. That cannot do anything mm. for the consistency mm. and the confidence of the defense, mainly the goalkeeper.
4: Yeah, I mean, listen uh, to sort of I, I I I think that in a an incredibly shit season that Kepa's been one of the the bright spots. Mm. I don't I I still don't think that he's the answer but you know I do think that we can go into the next season with him I know that everybody says we need a goalkeeper and I I, I think we can do better but I don't I mean I I sort of had a an agree to disagree exchange of um Twitter uh, messages with somebody I can't remember who it was, um, and basically there was a, a tweet last week that we were going to get Kayla Navas, and I I said no thank you, and this person came on and said why not, and I said well he's not better than what we've got, and we've got to look to see to get somebody better, rather than somebody who's basically at the same level. I want I want us to get Anana.
3: And then we can go Anana, yeah. Anana okay. to Fafana to Fafana. Boom.
4: <laughs> oh, gee. I, <laughs> Wonderful. I, th- I think that both of the Milan goalkeepers are, are fantastic. Really, really good. Um, so either one of them. But, you know, I, as I say, there, there is so much to do in front of them before you actually even think about the goalkeeper. But in answer to your question, yeah, I mean, it, it's you, you can't have. Any form of defense unless it's settled. In saying that, am I not right? And until we got humped by Manchester United, we have one of the best defensive records in the Premier League. So for all our faults, that's still something we weren't an easy team to be. But yeah, no, but I mean Sterling, I've got no words really. I just think he's he's absolutely hopeless. Absolutely mm. hopeless. I, I don't I don't want him there. I mean if he's don't, you, in, don't you, you know, think like don't you think Clayton
0: that, don't you think Clayton that he might try and do something with him a because he's being paid 350 thousand quid a week and they're not going to be able to flog him anywhere so he might then be forced to make a um to make him fit in the team somewhere
1: well
4: very possibly but i mean that it's irrelevant whether you 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 fit him in anywhere i mean basically on Sunday he i mean the, the own goal was hysterical because basically what was he doing he was in front of the goal and he was passing it past past the far post the the one where the ball hit burn's hand in the second half how he managed to hit burn when he had the whole goal in front of him i don't know i just i don't know i mean he he's never been a great finisher he's never ever been even for manchester city he missed so many chances for england he misses so many chances but he was getting more chances and therefore he was scoring, but I don't don't know the stats, but I
3: bet you anything you like, he's probably about a one in four, isn't he?
4: Yeah, Yeah. probably. He's he's that kind of a player, isn't he? Which is absolutely fine. If you've got someone in the middle, who's getting two of three.
3: Yeah. I'm totally right, mate. It's a good point. Uh, Dane, um, I mean, it, uh, this is kind of weird, isn't it? Because I, I actually thought, I thought we didn't do badly. I thought we were okay, apart from the fact that largely, you know, because anybody could have tacked down the left and got some, you know, got some joy because Aspie's legs are gone. Um, they pulled us apart really easily for that first goal. Very simple goal to score. But um, I thought we did okay. But, I mean, Newcastle were on the beach. They were sipping their cocktails. I don't think they really they really pushed us much. Um you know, we got back into it with that own goal. But, you know, it's the same old story. Unfortunate and shocking misses. Again, I mean, Sterling missed an absolute sitter with, uh, I think the goalkeeper saved it and he couldn't quite get the rebound. And, uh, and Felix had a header, didn't he, which he managed to get over the bar. So it was just a repeat. But as I said, I think we shouldn't be too negative. It wasn't too bad. I don't think they played that badly yesterday or Sunday. No, Sunday, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah, I thought you know Newcastle. I thought you know, I was always a little bit aware of that they could step it up at any point, even though they didn't. You know, they're tactically and coached good decision. know There's a structure to their to their team ideas. You know, they're on point. Uh, they're, you know, you can tell there's the ethos and the togetherness, and they just looked organised. And when they did do that odd break. They looked like a team that was confident in each other and each other's instructions and maybe to great take a time. Great speed. Yeah, but as I said, this is a team that Eddie Howe and his other assistant manager, Jason, something who gets a lot of stick on Twitter, he even got his own account now that he wants to be, a, sort of a, about how he always wants to be like number one and in front of centre, in front of Eddie Howe, which is quite funny. They're obviously very well coached by them by them, by them too and you can see that and you can see also that we've had three different managers well four if you include Bruno uh, a bit harsh on him but four different managers and uh, different ideas and and tactics this season i i thought yeah i thought you know if, if anything we was going to get that win i was hoping we would because i predicted us to win two wins stupidly in our in our predictions league i think once again the potential is there i think you know really impression madwaiki you know he's got he's very raw but we like, can wow. say that we can say that about a few of the, a few of the younger players but he he you know he's always got an attacking intent he's always got that that forward mind uh, Sterling I'm on the fence with him I, I get ev- I get every single uh, criticism of him but I can also appreciate what what Martin Wickham said a few weeks ago where you know he was bought for Tuchel I think Tuchel wanted him to play more central you know come with so many ideas and again he's seen disruption and you know he's been sort of blinded by the Pep way and and the way you know you've been looked after there and, and all that now and, that. and he's come to our rocky ship and he probably doesn't know if he's coming or going but it's funny how every time I think of a an 11 next season with potential signings he's not in there I just keep on forgetting about him so that shows how much he's uh impressed me this season I was thought he's un- unfortunate for Chuck as well Chukamawenka I've in the brief moments I've seen him this season I've been so impressed with him he had he had almost like a taller Joe Cole style to him against Manchester United, where with one swivel and one drop of a shoulder, he would actually get away from the uh, the, the Man United central midfielders. I uh, was very impressive with him, and it was I thought it was almost like the jobs for the boys uh, that he wasn't starting, but Ruben was, and the way Ruben obviously turned to the crowd when 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 he went off, that just showed me that that was his last hurrah as well i wasn't completely against that but i just hope duke and is appreciated and we'll get more of a look in next season but going back to original question i thought i thought we did okay i thought yes newcastle on the beach they didn't have to do too much because they were so organized but i was encouraged with, with certain signs but then as we've seen you know another manager comes in and, and any of those uh positive signs you know could be changed
3: yeah absolutely i couldn't uh more with that I, I mean i think you know uh, you know starting Aspie, you could say the same about starting cheek and i, I think you're right i mean that that very much looked like uh, a farewell i mean actually in a way that was the, the 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 kind of the main the main event really the match was a bit of a well, did he play with.
0: him deliberately then as a consequence i to, i'm, I'm to wondering
3: him. whether he did in the same way as yeah. he did with asby i think it was yeah. so i mean this is the thing it was this was the i think this was the real talking point of the match really because there wasn't much to talk about in the match but you know, Aspie got a banner. Looks like he's off. Um, Loftus cheek played and uh, did a you know all applause to all four four sides of the stadium. That's a pretty sure sign. And then in the uh, and then in the um, Frank got a banner.
0: Frank got a banner. Frank, Frank got Frank a banner as well. Out. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. And then at the end, um, obviously we gave Frank a rousing reception and saw him off properly. And then there was Mount apparently in tears. So it was like it was kind of like, oh, we we must watch carefully to see if we can read any <laughs> runes yes. into this. Um, I think I think we can certainly put a tick next to cheek that he's off J K. And I think, in a way, it's ultimately disappointing, isn't it? He looked so good in that year under Sarri. Got that bloody injury thanks to that stupid friendly, and he's never really recaptured that form. But you know what? I would I would keep him as a squad player. I think he's a useful squad player to have, J.K. I think if he goes, it will be a shame. And I just I just feel really disappointed for his Chelsea career for him as what well, as much as anybody else really.
0: I think wasn't there a a, a, a rumor at a period that Abramovich was so impressed with him playing for the uh, development squad for the whatever period age it was that he demanded he be in the first team under Mourinho and Mourinho then put him in and he had that dreadful against villa i think it was where he froze yep. and then he went back several several weeks so he's always been mr potential and the the season that he played um uh, in the uh, in the sunday league um uh, europa league i, I know it when... was bad
3: but i don't think he was quite sunday league no no he wasn't <laughs> sunday league it
0: was sunday league it was sunday because he kept scoring goals do you remember he had shots and scored europa league in the mm-hmm. europa league i said europa league but you were trying to do your joke so you you missed it um so uh, sorry oh meow. <laughs> sorry 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 Nurse, sorry give sorry. Him his meds sorry <laughs> sorry sorry but um, because i've got cramp now i've got those bloody socks <laughs> no. you know and i've got cramp i can't believe it <laughs> oh, <laughs> these <what? laughs> <laughs> <My> socks have <laughs> given those socks have given me cramp um those Nurse, he needs a massage <laughs> but, oh, by the way surely it would be uh have a nana surely rather than uh,
3: <laughs> very good
0: surely that's what we ought to have um uh, and also, just to say that, despite oh, my having, it, despite my having having defended Sterling by saying you'll probably be kept up, the reality is, I think he's absolutely fucking awful. And the sooner if we could get rid of him, it would be great. But I just I'm trying to play devil's advocate and think will 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 our uh, will our new manager give him a go? You know, I'm just trying to find a reason. But yeah, uh, Clayton, you are absolutely right. He's absolutely fucking awful, Sterling. It's it's. <laughs> Absolutely bizarre, but um, the way he's been considered. But um um, uh, uh, um but, uh, but yes, for, for cheek, cheek. I'm sorry, I, I I can't be enthusiastic for cheek. We give him so many I've lost his cheek. I've got to say because it sounds like if I'm dissing him, Um, um dissing which you. I am, which I am, which I am, because he's never ever done it. Never. And that well, when the apart, poor apart boy from, was apart made. Apart
3: from that one season under Sarri, I think yeah, he was yeah, good. yeah, I just feel disappointed for him because he got that injury, you know.
0: I agree that when I agree completely that was the season but then the poor boy is forced to play wing back because yeah. we haven't got a cover for James what I mean what happened to him at Chelsea well what I think, I think he, he will
3: he will I mean I do you know what I talked to Kerry uh yesterday yeah and uh we were talking about cheek and and he was very sympathetic and he said he clearly wants to play he loves this club he'll play anywhere and that's kind of been his downfall he's prepared instead of would asked him to play in goal he'd have played in goal and remember yeah. they tried to get rid of him a year or two ago and he said no I want to I want to stay here and, and play you know yeah. I feel really disappointed think- for him you know yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Said- but the injury was the main
3: yeah, the main yeah. thing
0: yeah, yeah. We were just so dreadful for him yeah yeah absolutely agree um but um uh but what what i just wanted to say as well was just I, 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 what we haven't we, we haven't gone on to which is in your notes actually but it was the the fact that that, that what i there were two things i hated there was one that they did the tour when we were supposed to say goodbye to all these players while the newcastle fans were crowing that mm-hmm. they they'd got third and they let the players go around the pitch and, and there was still system. music on the tannoy there was. It was just embarrassing. Shambles. The whole thing was like the fucking cautious. season, mate. Shambolic cock-up, like the season, absolutely. They couldn't
3: organise the... a wank in a brothel no, this no. lot. It
0: was absolutely... A... I don't think you'd want to wank in a brothel, though, I have to say. But, well, um, I mean, you know, it ain't know fucking hard mean. to get a wank in a
3: brothel, and even they can't manage that. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the amount of money you'd pay in a brothel, would we'll just get one of a wank, do you? I mean, come on. But, you know... <laughs>
3: Trust you to no. trust you to to choose the expensive ones.
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm just <laughs> guessing. I, I wouldn't know. I've, I've just read too many. I've read too is, many. Is this novels. why you've ended up in hospital, by the way? Yeah, they, funnily enough, you. Funnily enough, are a bit near the, the near the bone there. Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, uh, but um, but the other thing was the um, that the, in the in the on the website they dared to say things like. This was a good sign. This is going to be positive for next season. Oh, yes. And you're thinking, how, how on earth is this? This is on the sodding website. Positivity out of a game where Newcastle have don't need to win it or do anything with it. None of these players will probably be playing because there are seven injuries. Or the new manager comes in. How? What on? Who is writing this copy? It's not Adam, is it? God save us. Help. But um, who is... What is going on that somebody would put up, you know, positive signs? We've finished with a, with a spring in our step. For God's sake, all right. Madweke looks a decent player, as we've said, raw, but he really takes people on. And I've got great hopes for him. But I'd look, just play him with Mudrick, as we've said every time. Please, please. But everything will change, whether they make Mudrick into a, whoever poch makes him into a different player. It'll be a different setup, a different energy. And I don't think, I think very few of these players will be playing in this pattern it just won't happen like that you know
3: i agree now dane i know you wanted to say something please say something and i'm gonna ask i'm gonna i've noticed Which i've noticed probably. more head shaking from clayton and i want to ask him about what but oh anyway, I, yeah first day.
5: i think it was just about Ruben, but obviously i missed the point brief and i think he's just been you know he's just been a fault of all the of all previous managers and tactics and uh, as, as you said his best season was where, when he was playing in a free in a Sarry free so he had that that license to roam and almost like Mason you know uh how how many times you know we'll say like he's a number eight but how many times have we seen him in his favoured position so probably stepping ahead I don't know if you're talking about him later leaving but if he was to go to like a Liverpool United where he could obviously play in his more of his position, if Poch's got a favoured four two three one, then where are you going to put Mason in in the attacking free behind the forward? I just think sometimes players are just you know they, they get stuck to a position and it just you know it just blotches their development to an to an extent. And I think with, with Ruben, I think we've had that. uh It's probably his best season was probably actually at Crystal Palace where he then sort of like made it into the England team. Made it to was it the world cup or european championships where he actually did plan did involved and then the next season with us he so sort of it carried on until that stupid friendly uh obviously the, the 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 thought the idea of the friendly was it was a good idea but you know play a b team play a freaking c team play youngster, don't play players who are actually massively on form and 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 you, you you're going for an, a european title but well, yeah you i feel oh, sorry for him but year. did it with again, poker, didn't they Yeah, once again, I could see him staying as a squad rotation, but I suppose, honestly, I think his time, you know, he's had his time. Great move for him to go to AC Milan. The game's a bit slower, more tactical, so it might actually suit him. uh, And he might even make it back
3: into the England squad. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Clayton, um, were you shaking your head at Muduecki?
4: Yes, I was. And? And, listen, I, I don't want to be down... The whole evening, I don't really yeah. want to be down. Yes, on, be down, on, be down, please. Be because I then might agree with you. But uh, I, I, listen, I, he's very young, he's very raw, but we still paid thirty million for him. Um He's takes people on, and that's great. I've not seen him create one chance. I've not seen him score one chance. So I'm, I do get the enthusiasm, but I just. For me personally, I think this is how far we have dropped as a football club, because yeah, he's he's all right, but he wouldn't get into any top side at the moment. And I, I, listen, I, I I think a lot of our purchases. I think I think he he takes people on Clayton, and I think we've had well, such a. No, no, yeah, hang else. on, no, no, no. I'm
3: just trying to I'm trying to give some uh, context. Oh, to I know, it. but I'm finished. Pulisic. Uh, who else have we had? Recently, um, Hudson Adoy. Well, no, no, ZH. I think he does actually. But Pulisic and Hudson Adoy both had uh, very different ends of the spectrum. One we spent a lot of money on; the other's homegrown. Neither. I mean, you know, Pulisic does take people on, but just falls over if you blow in his general direction. And Hudson Adoy stops and passes back. And I think people like Mudweki, People are excited by him because it has been a shit show of a season, and, and at least he's prepared to take people on and beat them. Clayton. Yeah,
4: and I, but but I'm not arguing against any of that. I'm not arguing against any of that. I'm the just rest basically of it's shit, saying, I agree. No, I'm mm. just basically saying that yes, it's great. He takes people on, but he hasn't created anything. I mean, the the guy one of the things that really, really hacks me off about football commentary is that we've quotes wasted all this money on all these players. We haven't wasted anything until they leave the club and have achieved nothing hmm. now mudrick has we've managed brilliantly because his first outing he looked amazing and by his last outing he looked like he'd never seen a football before <laughs> so what we've done to him i've got no idea it's all in the <laughs> it's it's all in his head it's i mean if he would have scored when he probably yeah. should have done against liverpool he would have you know it's he would have been off the charts he would have been off the charts but everybody laughs. We've wasted this money. Okay, three years down the line, and he's our next Arjen Robin. We haven't wasted that money. So there's lots of judgments being made about lots of players. And okay, I'm not writing Mudweke off. I really am not writing him off. He's very young, and he's very raw. But the bottom line is, we have bought a lot of potential. And we need experience now. Now, Mudweke, you know, I know nothing about football, <laughs> and he, he may be the next great thing, and that's absolutely fine. But I'm just—is it a question of how far we've fallen, or just clutching at straws well, for anything? Can I can I can I put it another way, Clayton? I mean, yeah. Mud, Mud, Mudwecki is, and I, I'll
3: bring you in, Jake. I promise. I've seen I've seen your finger. Well, that's all we can see, actually. We can't see your face. We can see your finger waggling. Sure that's his finger. I, well- <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: put it away JK put it away. Well, I can tell you, I can confirm one thing then. I was going to say he's had it straightened but it seems to have gone crooked again. Um what the fuck was I saying? Mudryk, right? Mudryk is uh a current England under 21 player I think or something like that. Yeah, under
0: 20, yeah. under 20, under yeah,
3: 20. You know, and he did really well for them. But, you know, Jude Bellingham is younger than him. And was one of the stars of the World Cup, so you know this buying of potential thing, if you look at it in a very different way, you know i you you know by all means spend money on somebody who's going to get better and better and better like jude bellingham but but you know it's you're taking a massive risk on a on a kid basically who may or may not develop into being a great player, and I think this seems to be their strategy, and I think what you're saying I totally agree with you know if you are a club that wants to compete for. European titles, Premier League titles, you need to be buying players who are actually much more experienced than that and are actually experienced and honed internationals, Clayton.
4: Am I right? Yeah. And uh, the the problem with what we've done so far is the fact that if you buy a Mudrick, and I think I've said this before on the fancast, so I apologise if I'm repeating myself. If you buy a Mudrick and you put him into the 2004-2005 team, where you got ten established players, good players, then Mudrik is gonna, he's gonna fly. Where you've got basically our worst team in, God knows how long. It, on on every level in terms of commitment, of playing, of heart, of fight, and you put somebody in inexperienced in that team, they're gonna struggle. And that's what's happened. Yeah, absolutely right. JK, or, or your
3: knob or your finger or whatever it is, you're the, welcome the, to join us.
0: I was just going to, to agree with, with Clayton in that the, the bar is very low over Mudwecki. So we say he takes players on. Wow, great. He's doing okay. He had a bit of a barnstorming game. A, Newcastle, lots of them are on the beach. B, his, he can't centre and he can't shoot. I agree completely. But however, we've seen such shit that we're now willing to go, he's got potential. But I agree completely that if he was playing in a better team and somebody actually instructed him what to do, I do find it a bit bizarre that he comes in and he makes the same errors um, uh, that he's been making the weeks before. But it's a a positive. But no, he's not the the finished product. And it was interesting to see this boy, boy Cole Palmer, um, playing for City, who is... uh, um, much more the finished article and he's only played about seven games and he just has a, a plan because perhaps it's because Guardiola is a, a much, much, much better coach than anybody else, you know, which makes great sense. So, um, yes, it, 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 we've, we've done this, the litmus test of this is that that none of these players playing as they do at the moment will get anywhere near any of the city squad and that is that's the level we should be using because that's what we're supposed to be aspiring to as an elite team this is an elite team that billions has been paid for so they really fucked it up didn't no, they? they
3: really did Bowling. they really did uh dane we, we we also found out today uh that we are in fact saying farewell to yao felix which I can't say, Dane. I'm too disappointed in. I, I many times, and I think he's a, he's he's got a beautiful touch. He's a, he's a lovely player to watch, but he's a luxury player for me. He doesn't work hard enough, and he's all fart and no shit. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, he is. He, you know, it's all fancy stuff. It all looks lovely, but there's very little end product. I mean, I know he scored four goals with us for us, which in the scheme of things is almost Kerry Dixon proportions in this shit show of a team. But
4: Dixie Dean, <laughs>
3: even that. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I am I am not. I, I mean. It, the interesting thing is this for me, Dane. If you said to me, if you want a number 10 kind of player, would you have uh, Havertz or would you have Felix? I might actually say I'd have Felix. But mm. if you said to me, you can have Havertz and Felix and you have to spend 100 million quid on Felix, I'd say fuck the fuck off and fuck off some more.
5: Yeah, he he, he leaves with his, with his career record. I think a one in four, which he's always had. Uh, yeah... It's it's what what could have been, isn't it? I I would have been interested to see how Poch could have Pochettino could have mastered him, you know, could have uh, you know shined the edges, but only on a loan. No way would I have. Uh, obviously, it's not up to me, but I I, w- I would have been quite damning of a seventy or eighty million uh, transfer fee. It would have been another loan than possibly, but then if you add the attacking players we we've got and and the wages you should be spending on him. It would be it would be a pretty waste, with, especially with Nkunku coming in. Uh, if you think back to that Fulham at Fulham game, and that's, this was before Madueke and Mudrik had signed, you know we didn't have a player like that. He came in with a strut and an attitude, and a style. You know, drop his shoulders was nutmegging, was shooting on site on target straight at the goalie we wasn't to know obviously that that would be the the way he That's would always be, best be best for the rest of the season straight at the goalie but he had something that a lot of the other attackers didn't have and there was so much optimism and even then when he, he, had, he obviously got unfortunately sent off but then he came back and then you know he looked he was linking up well with Enzo and got a really nice goal at West Ham and the potential was massive for him but Yes, probably the right idea. And but again, it will always be what if and uh what Poch could have done for him. But obviously Pochettino, I hope it is his decision. I hope he's obviously seen what we've got, what is coming in, uh obviously what is going, and and potentially if, if there isn't anyone else coming in. Uh and yeah, I I do agree with it, but it will I will be it'll always be a wonder of of what could have happened under under another manager,
3: and then a different t- side not struggling yeah. like it was. I, I mean, look, I'm not down on Felix. I, I do I don't think he's he's a good player, but I think, I, I mean, actually, I think the really interesting thing, J.K., is is apparently from what I'm reading, this has got Pochettino's fingerprints on it. He's made the decision, and and I and I think we're we're about to enter into a very curious time now when we're going to start to see a lot of these decisions being made. And hopefully we... It, they're, they're all good litmus tests of how this might go for Poch. But I think that this is a very good one because this is a difficult one to call because I don't think Felix has disgraced himself. It's not like, a, oh, for fuck's sake, he must go. There are plenty of players who you can put in that camp. This was a, well, he might actually be all right, bloody blah blah, blah blah He might be able to do a good job of doing this, blah blah But Pochettino said, no, I don't want him. And I'm not surprised by that because Poch likes people who work hard. He doesn't like luxury players. You know, so if but, if, if but, this has got his stamp on it, I'm already seeing this as a good sign. But,
0: but how do we know it's not financially driven by the, the board?
3: Well, if, if I'm sure that, I'm, look, you know, come on, we, we never really know what's going on, but we're not stupid. And it, all of these things come into it, don't they? I mean you know, you'd Indeed. be mugged to spend 100 million. He's not a 100 million quid player. and athletic Madrid yeah, would have got a track record of stiffing you for stupid amounts of money.
0: Yeah, but but also, how do we know that Poch has made this decision? We'd, 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 that we're saying, oh, he's already made this decision. Well, we're, we're, we're,
3: you know, just judging from what I've read in some serious papers today, not the idiots also, also, on Twitter is what I'm saying.
0: Also, something that's really interesting, he's, he's been watching the
3: games, Chid. He has taken your <laughs> advice. He's been watching the videos, mate. Yes, Chich. I can't believe it. We've got you, you already right. you've already fallen in love with him, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I hello, have. hello, Pochettino, Pochettino. Oh,
0: Chich, that's such such no, an original. Marco
3: Marco, that's Marco's Clayton. You're not yeah, genuflecting, really are you? You you were putting your hand up. You, you look yeah, like, like, quite po- you were my... looking
4: like the pontiff, mate. <laughs> I, I I wasn't I wasn't waving. Um one of the interesting things, and I heard this. Um, I've heard this, I can't remember where I heard it, but I thought it was quite interesting. And just going back to the, the Mudrick debut and also the um, Felix debut as well. When these players join, they all were super fit and they were running around and they looked fit. And now they don't. or they look <laughs> The rest of our squad who are tre- uh, running around in treacle. I mean that—that's the—that's possibly one of the biggest disgraces, if not the biggest disgrace this season, is our lack of fitness.
0: Very well observed, Clayton. I agree. I agree because that—that was one of the things that Frank said that he was absolutely outrun amazing.
4: by everybody. Everybody presses, and we don't. That's right. We don't our press. Front three at all. don't press. They do it no, occasionally. No. And I thought we got success and I use the term success loosely hmm. against Manchester United because they don't press. They don't press as much. I don't think they're they're sort of certainly the side we played last Thursday. We ran through them and that was because they weren't pressing high up the pitch. But anyway, that's all going to change because I am told that Poch is a slave driver and we are going to be massively fit.
0: And the presser, he likes pressing.
4: Yeah, great, good. And I think this
3: season we've run, uh, we've done less K's every match than any other team in the league. We don't put the work in, and I think it's either because they're lazy, can't be bothered, or just downright unfit.
0: No, I think all, all went, of the above. Went, all the above. It,
3: yeah,
0: it went downhill with Potter, who kept giving them days off. Yeah. To get their heads in order, I think that's what happened. To be part of the process,
3: he's a he was a no, fucking it, disaster. It started that before then, didn't it? It started with a really bad preseason. Season, yeah. Well, they shouldn't have spent so much time in McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera Should they? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I think actually you've 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 basically um nailed the biggest problem with this season, uh, Clayton about the pressing. It has been a depressing season. All round, Excuse me, I, I
0: mentioned the pressing in the last show. Please give me. Shut give me up! Something. You're
3: ruining my joke. <laughs> oh, Put sorry. your knob away. I right.
0: ruined or I'll call the early. nurse. You ruined, you ruined mine earlier.
3: Meh. <laughs> 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 right. Let's talk about something that you, me, and Clayton absolutely fucking loved. Unlike this shit show of a season, we were all, all three of us, privileged, absolutely privileged to be uh, under the bridge on uh, on Saturday night. And uh witnessed um uh, well actually we should run through who was there from the eighty three, eighty four side. Uh let me see if I can do it, Clayton. Go on then. All right. Uh, Eddie Eddie Dijvecki.
4: Correct.
3: Colin Lee. Correct. Colin Pates. Oops.
4: Correct. Uh
3: Tony McAndrew.
4: Uh you're not do- you're not doing them in order, but no. yes. Tony McAndrew, there.
3: Johnny Bumstead. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Nigel Spatman went. He had been there, but he, he disappeared. Yeah. Right. Pat Nevin, obviously, he hosted it. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, yep. Mickey Thomas, Paul Cannaville, yep. David Speedy, yep. Kerry Dixon, Keith Dublin. Yep. I, think, yep. I think I'm there, aren't I? Yes, you are. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it was it was joyous. They, they, I mean, basically, what happened was they. Pat was the 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 compare, and he the MC. Yeah, he MC'd. He was perfect. You could not have found anybody better to. Cause he's so articulate. Uh, but of course, he was one of them. He just knew it. He was. It was just so so good. And he called. They all came up in position order, and they all they all said a few words about their time at Chelsea. Pat had all the right questions, obviously, um, and they were they were absolutely gold. They were all absolutely lovely. I, I particularly fell in love with Colin Lee. Actually, I thought he was he was absolutely wonderful. There were lots of singing going on. Colin Pates got his song chanted, Kerry got his song chanted, I think Johnny B. got his song it was just brilliant. But the absolute Ed, high Eddie Eddie, Nusbeck, kept Eddie, it. Eddie Eddie Eddie. Yeah. He loved it, didn't he? He loved it. Yeah. Um but the absolute piece de resistance was the appearance of one Ken Bates, Mr. Bates, Mr. Chairman himself turned up uh, ninety two. A little bit frail, but still as wonderfully cantankerous and waspish as ever. And, mm-hmm. and his lovely his lovely wife, Susanna, that was there. And I, I have to tell you, I mean, J.K., Martin, Clayton and myself were all sat with each other and my mate, Matt. And uh, the last time I saw J.K., uh, I didn't see him after this either. He disappeared. He says, I'm off to go and see Susanna to see if she remembers uh, Susanna's actor friend, which was him, yes. of course. And I never saw him after that. So what happened?
0: Um, it all got a bit nasty. No way, really? They throw <laughs> yeah, you out. Yeah. No, no, but down by the area, so many people were trying to get to the players that and some people became self appointed bouncers and started pushing people because she was frail and they were doing that thing of saying, She's a fry woman, she's a fry old woman, get away, get away. Just just members of the, you know, people who'd paid money to watch you know and it all because then gary straight Stake, staker appeared and then he stood in front of her like old times was he translated and, and, and funnily enough yes translating her, <laughs> a, a rather bad italian and i said uh, no i said um i said hello gary And he went hello mate how are you and i went oh Good, thanks. Fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I thought, God, Gary Staker's recognised me. Good, because I sat next to him a few times when I was on these jaunts in the director's box watching these away games that the vice presidents wouldn't go to, like at Sunderland and Coventry midweek. And I said to her, full in her face, I said, hello, hello, Susan. And it's Jonathan Kidd. Do you remember? I, you, I was called Susanna's actor friend by Ken. Do you remember? And we used to talk about other things other than football. Do you remember when we used to go to the away games and she just looked at me blankly and carried on walking? <laughs> and so I didn't succeed in making the contact. And by then I'd been shoved really rather viciously by about four different people. And I'm afraid it was it was enough to make me think, I'm sorry, I'm getting out of here. This is getting out of hand here. It got really, really, it was just before the where the the entrance was to all of them, and people were just so trying to, I mean, it's actually a victim of own success because it was such a fabulous evening. Everybody wanted then to get photos and selfies with the players who were all congregating down by the little green room that they had there. So I I thought, I legged it, I thought, I'll wait for a few of them outside. So I waited outside for a little bit, and it wasn't forthcoming because, of course, everybody was inside, and it was sort of thinning out, but I thought, "Um, actually, I'll, I'll call I'll call it a day. I've got I've got uh, I've enjoyed the memories of this so much. I'd love to have spoken to Mickey Thomas because on several occasions I've had a bit of a dialogue with him actually on Twitter. So I would just love to have gone up. But I I didn't feel it was the occasion unless you stayed a very long time that you were going to get them individually Mm -hmm. and have time with them because they were so popular. The love in the room for them was unbelievable there was every people absolutely love that team and they were so brilliant each and every one of them fantastic on stage i mean some of them are personalities in their own right at different clubs for example uh, um peter rhodes brown ah, i don't think you mentioned i forgot it, rosie right? didn't i you forgot, I forgot rosie, rosie yes. yeah, yeah peter rhodes brown is, is mr oxford as he established because he's 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 their personality. He's their Alan Birchinal, who was at Leicester, Birch, you remember. He's there. And he was like a stand-up. I just thought what I loved about them all was all of their abilities to hold an audience mm-hmm. and tell jokes. Kerry was fantastic on fire. The little thing he did, the great moment for me, one of the great moments in that was when when they tried to line themselves up. So you had Speedo and Kerry next to each other and 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 um We Pat was on the right hand, on the left hand side, and Kerry said, "No, no, no, no! You know, you're not in the wrong. You're in the wrong place." And he went to where his position would be, the other (laughs) side of them. And then in the background, in the background, Eddie and Colin Lee lined up at fullback and goalkeeper. That's right. It was absolutely fabulous. What it it brought the house down. A brilliant, brilliant moment. But 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 the thing about Ken, what I loved about Ken was they loved him because the little things we didn't know about that came, that that we were suddenly party to like giving money to the players to put deposits for properties. I mean, it may have been as they were trying to hint. It may have been totally illegal and things went along. And Speedy said, yes, I've got some money in a brown paper. And Pat went, no, sure, sure, sure,
3: sure. don't say, don't say.
0: But I, It was it was a joyous, wonderful. I thought
3: thought the fact that he bought Mickey a house to move to London and he bought one in Landudno. Yeah, Landudno,
0: yes, was (laughs) fantastic, wasn't it? That was so funny. But that was just that the love they had for Ken as well was eye-opening, actually, because we had this idea of him being this cantankerous, nasty shyster of a villain came to business. And there he is. Backing all these players with with you know fine up with money that he didn't have of course most of the time that's what's so ridiculous about it is I'm sure Ken was finding it from completely bizarre places but it was it was it was joyous to say I keep saying this word but it was they were so funny and I had such fun and also. The, the, the pouring of emotion because you've you've related and emoted with these players on the pitch and to see them all get on so well and it was what I also loved it was a terribly revealing moment when all three of them were, um, were um, Kerry Speedo and we pack said in many instances you didn't have to worry about thinking where your player would be and look up. Speedo always made near post runs. Kerry was always likely to be there or thereabouts if you floated it across and you're thinking, what the fuck? And they said, haven't seen any of that in the current team. And it just makes you realise if you play players regularly, you're, there is a, t- a telepathy well, I'll between tell you, them.
3: I'll tell you what, the other thing that really intrigued you, I mean, JK, absolutely wonderful, wonderful, ouch, wonderful, wonderful summing up there. Because um, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it because I got quite pissed. So I wouldn't have remembered all of that. But uh, I think what really shone through for me was, that, as you've just really said, all of those players were, were had personality and none of none of, of the current McAndrew. squad. None of the current squad have no, personality. No,
0: absolutely. I've seen Tony McAndrew was the cement because we yeah. said you wouldn't know because he didn't figure a lot. He said, "Told us that story about yeah. the opening game of the season. Neither he nor McAndrew were in the team, yeah. and they were in the reserves. And they won five 0 And both of them went yes. And there were there were nine other players who didn't react because yeah. they they were jealous or didn't want to know. He said that was what made you realize how important Tony McAndrew was, which I love. Actually, saying that there's a squad player didn't get get to the side all the time was loved by the team because of his abilities as a as co as a, a cement as a as a cohesive element in not, the not a not a, a check- bag
3: of wet cement like some of them. absolutely yes, no indeed,
0: indeed indeed who we may be forced to deal with well like,
3: let's hope not um, Clayton you, you, you I I kept on I was like a, it was like being in a kid in a toy show wasn't it you were sitting down in front of me. I kept on giving you a hug from behind saying I can't believe this is happening this is all too much it was brilliant wasn't it.
4: It was fantastic. It was the highlight of the whole season. Um, It really was. It was just a a tremendous evening. I think that in terms of how it went, I don't think it could have got or been any better. The masterstroke was having um, Pat Nevin as the master of ceremonies, as I said to you on Saturday night. I could listen to Pat Nevin reading the phone book. I, I love the guy. I think he's... He's massively intelligent. He's sort of erudite. He's, he's just really interesting. Very self-deprecating. Yes. And all the players reacted very, very nicely to him as well. Now I know that Mickey Thomas hasn't been well, but he looked he looked fantastic. He looked really fit yeah. and healthy. And I think I know what was it? Eighty-four. So how many years ago is that? 25, mm-hmm. 30 years ago, or I- thirty-nine. 30 you know, these guys... I mean, Eddie Niswicky looked like he could play tomorrow. He looked so fit. David Speedy didn't. No, Colin <laughs> Colin Lee. You could bounce him along the fucking pitch, mate. You know, Lee, Pates, Bumstead, they all looked fit and well and what have you. Speedo was the only one who had obviously let himself go. You know, not that like I can speak uh, in terms of physique, but... And it was just lovely, and and the the as I said to you, the huge surprise was Bates. Bates was was tremendous, um, and as J.K. says, the the one thing that you just didn't know, and we all look at, at Bates as being this dreadful tyrant of a guy, is that he treated all of these people like family. Mm. You know, he really did, and that has to have been a massive factor in fostering what they managed to to build there and they they don't they don't look at themselves as a football team they look at themselves as a family they were the the night was amazing and whilst what jk said about that the way they lined up was 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 hysterically funny the highlight of the evening was basically um for anybody that doesn't know there was sort of some terrible um how can i best describe this the the cannonville david speedy relationship that isn't because it was very bad at the time that they both played together just to say goodbye. Um, <coughs> they, they, oh, matron um they they hugged on stage now pat nevin i believe <laughs> you know has has had words with david speedy about his relationship with Paul Canovell, and that was all very nasty. But Pat got them all together. It a, got a lovely hug, wasn't there? Actually, it looked, yeah, looked genuine it too. And whether it was meant or not, I, I think it was. I mean, it, it looked, it looked genuine. Well, apparently, they were
3: talking before in the green room earlier on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were getting on. Apparently, from what I, yeah. what I hear. So, yeah. but no,
4: it, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful night. It was. Um, what was great was that, the, that you knew that the majority of people in that room were at the majority of the, the games that they were talking about. And when they mentioned various games at various stadiums and various things happening, you know, everybody was like either cheering or nodding sagely and going, yep, yep. No, I remember that. Yep. And it was a very, very special season I, and, and sort of it doesn't matter how much we've won and how successful we've been. Because the majority of people in that room have have been there the whole time. That was such a special season. I mean, it's ridiculous. You know, you think, what are we, two times champions of Europe, champion mm. of the world, six Premier Leagues, FA Cups coming out of our backside. And this was a room full of people celebrating a season where we came top of what is now the championship. Yeah. I mean, you know, which should count for nothing yeah which say well what the fuck were you doing in the championship well we were shit but it was so so special it's it's
3: yeah
4: it was Uh, the evening was brilliant it
3: was and i mean you know massive massive props have to go to uh mark our very own actually um i i I feel we've been quite involved with this from the get-go actually and uh uh, Marco, Mark Meehan, of course, DJ. DJ was hilarious uh, doing his own little <laughs> impromptu MCing. The lovely bit about Ken when he turned up he was like moaning on stage Blimmin' dave johnson still couldn't organise anything properly he was saying <laughs> but i thought dj did brilliantly um yeah. so marco uh, mark dj richard smithy uh, and of course the wonderful kelvin barker who was mr 80s chelsea himself they they sh- they should be very very proud of themselves yeah. and they did yeah. us proud and i i the what my final point on it really was what was so fascinating was the the players. You could see the bond between the players themselves, many of whom hadn't seen each other actually since those days. You could see the bond that uh, between us as the supporters. And it was lovely bumping into people that I hadn't met before that I followed on Twitter and bumping into old friends. That I saw Martin Knight and John King, for example. I haven't seen them a lot recently. <laughs> So it's bumping into all the faces that you know around Chelsea, some pretty well-known ones as well, and some of the new ones. And then, of course, lastly, the bond between us, the supporters, and that team. It was just always round. It just worked beautifully. Um, And I muted you, JK, because your nurse came in, so you'll have to unmute yourself. But yes, do come in. Yes, normal service will be resumed as soon as I've possible.
0: done it. it. Hooray! Hooray! Yeah, thank you for doing that. Yeah, she just wants to say she was going because I've stayed so long. Um, uh, but um, She wasn't going to give um, you a bed bath then. Uh, no, funnily. <laughs> uh, well, I, I wouldn't have minded. She was rather charming. Oh, but, um, I quite uh, like the no, nurses no. myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, they don't wear the traditional nurse uniforms anywhere. They've just got trousers and shirts on them. They don't have the no, no. the shorts. The, the Stand,
3: standards of, like chelsea standards have dropped mate
0: oh completely just want to say that the the also the love for the fan cast really lots of, yeah lots of people um uh from that era listen to the fan cast as well hi guys and they're just saying how love much of the love the fan cast and uh fan cast so or fan I, bite both both together okay both. good 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 both. Okay. so it was it was very nice to be able to say yeah keep listening thank you so much i oh,
3: appreciate lovely. it lovely lovely Dane.
0: so um but yeah, fantastic. So. I
5: just wanted to, uh, I think I'll forever regret not making that. Yeah. Uh, I used to uh, DJ a lot when I was like late teens and I've just started to get back into it again. So I had a pre-booked party, which I couldn't get out of. Uh, but being uh, a local boy, uh, local scallywag around the area, I was brought up Barkley Road in Fulham Broadway. So I was constantly around the ground and as sort of trying to highlight in what Clayton said, you know, we were a team then, you know, Division Two, and it's funny how you can win Champions League and FA Cups, but still be so, hold such a duration to, to that team. I think there's certain periods where you're really invested as a fan, and that was my first team. And I probably haven't been as invested from that team from like the 83, 84, probably to the mid-90s. I haven't probably been as invested since then, but you have your little era, which you which you hold close to your heart. And it's a shame I missed out now because I even know that, like my own little personal relationship with Ken Bates, as, as I said, as a local kid, I was, I was always kicking the ball up against, you know, sneaking into the ground. So many stories getting into that ground. He would one time he clouted me around the back of the head, and you know, he threatened that he would get me to paint the walls. And at the time, I'd be kicking the ball up, uh, and then I saw him as a uh, as a sort of a, a mid teenager, about sixteen or seventeen. I went to watch. Uh, Chelsea reserve game at Stamford Bridge, and you could sit anywhere. And he, he recognised me. Oh, uh, you know, are you grown up now? And we, we had a good old chat, and he asked me what I was getting up to. Uh, so it's a shame I missed out on that one because, yeah, you, they're heroes, and that that never leaves. And you have a different different uh, relationship with the players now. Uh, but those sort of players, yeah, all heroes. And even just you mentioned in Keith Dublin, another one. Uh, obviously, unfortunately, Dale Jasper wasn't isn't with us anymore, but. Players I like, you know I can just remember talking to you so much and then just recognising you. So to see him up on stage in, in any capacity would have been yeah, probably would have brought a tear to my eye. So, so. damn it,
3: Dane, it was emotional. It, it was mm. I was I was like a schoolboy, but it was emotional yeah. as well. And actually it's a very good point you make. Obviously the dear I did get I met Dale Jasper once at one of at Marco's fiftieth birthday party and he was an absolutely lovely lad and he sadly passed away a few years ago, so he was an absentee. As was John Hollins because he's not well, and Joey Jones, of course, who was also not well and couldn't make it. So uh, they unfortunately were unable to go. But they...
0: McLaughlin did a video, you
3: remember? Joe did a video, and uh, Chris Hutchings couldn't do it because he was playing golf. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> That's what you get with people who come from Winchester, I'm afraid, you know. But
4: uh, there you go. It well, was it was a great the, evening. Um, sorry, Church. Well, one of one of the things that I was absolutely thrilled about was. Um, when Eddie Niswicky basically, they said, "Oh, you know, about when he first joined and what have you." And he bigged up Steve Francis. He did, didn't he? And Steve Francis is is is, is and will remain one of my favourite Chelsea goalkeepers. I thought he had so much potential, and 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 it was interesting that Eddie said, "I didn't know why they were buying me because I really rated Steve Francis, and I didn't think I'd get a game." So he said, yeah, great hands, didn't he? Great. Yeah, soft, soft hands. Yeah.
6: yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, there it we go. It, it, it was a it was a fabulous evening, and uh, I kind of uh, I missed a few signatures on the shirts because I was just basically too drunk and enjoying myself. So, I think I still need to get Eddie. I still need to get Rosie. Um, I can't remember who else. Yeah, I, I have to look at my shirt. I have got so many signatures, but I can't read them. I don't know who they are. <laughs> so I'm gonna, um, well
4: done. I know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a photograph, send it to Mark Me, and say, Mark, but can you, you just I-? send it send it to me, George? Because Basically, I had, there was a, um, it's a very um, old and boring story, but I had a, when my cousin actually worked for Ken Bates, she was his PA for uh, a couple of years. um, And she got me an invite into, it was some fan do. It was post that 84, 85 season. It was at Stamford Bridge. Pat Nevin, John Bumstead and Colin Pates were basically doing like a Q&A and uh, there was a book which I, I think Hugh Hastings put together of just photographs of that season and they're, all the iconic photographs are in that book and I had that book signed at, on the night by those three and on Saturday night I took it along because then I got it also I got it re-signed by um, the others, i uh, oh, sorry, and Bumstead was there. Uh, and I got it signed by the other guys that I hadn't got in the book. So that was quite nice. So I've got all of the autographs. So if you send it to me, I can tell you who they are. All right, done. OK, JK, final point.
0: Say, I thought you were going to say, and i got a potato and I made a copy of them and I can put it on your shirt.
3: <laughs> Brilliant. All right. OK, look, coming up, we've uh, we've got Gary Hayes joining us uh from his wonderful uh podcast um which if you remember we had him and carry on uh what the fuck is it called i'm having a brain fart here help me the out the blueprint the thank you the blueprint yeah god bloody i am seriously getting old uh yeah gary hayes from the blueprint and of course they're from the chels as well he came on a while ago to launch it they're they're, they're uploading new episodes as we speak so he's coming on to talk us talk to us all about that And fact actually, i stood next to gary at the uh at the reunion on Saturday night, but uh, there you go. Very, very quickly, uh, Alex, the wonderful Alex Churchill of this parish, is doing a First World War pub crawl. She is a historian as well as a great drinker, so it's a marriage made in heaven. 8th of July, 2023, £35 per person, uh, an afternoon of hopping from pub to pub in search of London's First World War history. You'll cover everything from drunken Tommies to prisoners of war, the contribution of Pacific Islanders to the conflict and the perils of being a German living in London and the outbreak of war. It will be great fun. There'll be lots of Chelsea there, including quite possibly Johnny B. John Bumstead's going to be there. I asked him about this. Uh on Saturday and he said he was gonna go. Oh, by the way, actually, Martin and I, as you probably remember, had a had a bit of a spread bet as to who would be the last man standing of that great Chelsea team, as in the you know, the one who was the last man standing having drunk a lot. We did the same uh, at the Eddie Mac one and it was Teddy Maybank who won hands down, although Mickey Fillery uh ran him a close I think Johnny B was involved in that. Anyway, we had our money on Speedy, largely because he was Scottish. We just thought it'll be Speedo. Uh, we were mealing around outside the butcher's hook they wouldn't let us in we had to go to the fox and pheasant and I saw uh, Johnny B and Patesy and I went up to them and spilled the beans about our spread bet and I said so anyway Anyway, uh, Johnny we we, uh, we me and Martin to put our money on Speedy and Johnny B just looked at me and said fuck off <laughs> which I just thought was absolutely hilarious. And lo and behold, it was a dead heat between those. I mean, they are inseparable, those two. Johnny B and Colin Bates were definitely the last Chelsea men standing. And my hat, my chapeau, is off to them. By the way, Alex, uh, if you want to book this thing with Alex, just follow her on Twitter. Um, I think she's at Alexandra Churchill. Uh, or just go to travel.org uh, forward slash copy, hyphen of, hyphen London, hyphen war, hyphen Memorials. don't know why it's got that link. But anyway, historiatravel, I-S-T-O-R-I-A travel.org. Go and do it now. We'll be back in a minute. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it. It's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
6: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea F-
4: F- football Welcome
3: back to the Chelsea fancast. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge. It is the end of the road for Chelsea season, and amen to that. Uh, I've got, as always, the delightful hospital. Uh, he's actually in. Ho- he's in a bed in hospital. I mean, unbelievable. The dedication. That this man has to this cause. I mean, if the players, yeah. if the players had one percent of your dedication, J.K., we might have finished eleventh. Thanks very much, Cheech. Yeah, good. <laughs> have, have you had me. your meds, love? No, I haven't. I'll no. get the nurse. Yeah,
0: nurse. Yeah, nursey.
3: There's a great joke about that. Anyway, uh, lovely to see you, J.K. Well done for being That's a trooper. Thank you. We've got the lovely Clayton Bierman with us. Always a delight to see you, my friend. Evening. And uh, we have the ever-so-lovely Dane Whittle. Hello again. And uh, this part of the show is dedicated to our two latest arrivals, our newest guests, uh, who I was saying earlier on, we've had them on, I mean, we've known them for years, I and mean, go, we go back a long way with these boys. But uh, I, I saw Gary on Saturday night, of course, because I was standing next to him at the uh, the eighty three eighty four reunion. But uh, they are, of course, from the Chels, but they've got a new venture, which uh, we were very uh, privileged to get wind of, a while ago and we had them on the show and they were just about actually serendipitously they were talking about the Ken Bates tapes and of course we saw Ken on Saturday and he was brilliant then and be interested to hear what Gary thought of that uh, and they're back they're back with more tales with new podcasts due uh, we've had the Matty Harding tapes and we've got more stuff coming along. I've been dying to talk to them about it but first of all welcome as always
6: to the lovely Gary Hayes and the lovely Kerry Levy how are you boys very well, thank you. Lovely to be here with you in such a wonderful surroundings. I love all the Chelsea backdrops and football backdrops. I feel. A bit and the happy.
1: hospital backdrop. <laughs> and,
6: well, it's a set design, isn't it? it looks I like, like the view of
1: that gonna... nurse putting a rubber glove on then. Yeah, but please <laughs> J- JK,
3: JK, can you put the bedpan out of shot? I keep telling you about this. One second, I've just got
0: to
6: bend over and present my arse. Well, uh, <laughs> and, and actually... If he's lucky, it'll become a scene from Kill Bill. And actually... <laughs> <laughs> Empty the bedpan as well,
3: please. <laughs> brilliant stuff. Right. now, Actually, we might as well start off where we, we just finished, actually, Gary, because I had the pleasure. Well, I don't know if the pleasure was was, was, was for you, but it, I certainly had pleasure standing next to you. I think I was rather drunk and shouting a lot, so it might not have been as pleasurable for you. But we were saying what a fantastic night Saturday was. Uh, and, of course, Ken was there. I mean, you know, he was uh, as brilliant there as he was on your uh, on your podcast that we all loved
1: earlier on. Well, I was a bit annoyed with him because, um, I said to him after, I went, Ken, you were telling the stories you told us, and you meant to only speak publicly to us about this stuff. But <laughs> well, I think we warmed him up for the eighty-three, eighty-four event, right? Because he started regurgitating all those stories. And I was a bit disappointed when he told the Mir's story, but he bleaked himself rather than coming out with uh, his expletives. But yeah, he was very good, wasn't he? It was good seeing him and the fact that he, he, um, he sat on stage for two hours at 91 it was funny because um, they mentioned Teresa Uh, we Pat and Ken mentioned Teresa didn't they and uh, it was funny because I saw Teresa when was it I think it was the door no it was the Villa game and she went oh are you going to this event because Ken thought it was in his honour she had had to tell (laughs) him of course
3: he did of course he did
1: (laughs) she had to tell him Ken no it's an event about that team and you're a guest it's not for you (laughs) And uh, he still fought I mean, it was right in with his honour. Ken honor.
6: Bates and some players. Oh, yeah, man. exactly. He thought it was all
1: about. Um, he thought it was all about him. But he, yeah, I love Kenny. He's great.
6: He was lovely. I
3: I thought. I, I mean, actually, you caught me on camera uh, as you said yourself, leading. I don't think I was quite leading the singing, Gary. But it was lovely of you. To oh say no, that. but
1: I thought I'd better big you up, Chidge. You did big or, me up. <laughs> right. I know.
3: I I thought it was very lovely of you. But that was actually during Ken Bates. <laughs> he 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 evoked uh, a, a, an automatic response from us all. I thought it was quite. Quite touching, but there you go. Right, you two, Kerry. Um, we have more. We have more Blueprint podcasts. As I said, I was listening to um, the Matthew Harding ones recently. He had David Cooper, who was his lawyer, Matthew Harding's lawyer, and Mark Killick, who was a great friend of his. Um, I mean, talk to us about. Mark what- was
1: sat in front of you on Saturday night, George. What you saw him? No way. Seriously. Yeah, he had his mullet going. If you're listening, Mark, appreciate your fresh trim. No way. I did. I
3: mean, this is the other thing about that event. And I'm not. I promise you, I'm not going to go on about talking about it anymore. We've just done ages on it, but that was the thing I also loved. Actually, it was bum- it, it was great seeing the players. Great seeing Ken. I mean, that was just fantastic. But it was also lovely. You know, it's very. <laughs> You know, even at the games, you don't get to see that that many people, you know, in such close proximity. Because if you're at a game, they might be another part of the stadium or a different boozer. It was lovely to see. I mean, like Martin Knight and John King were there. I haven't seen them. for. I mean, they were sitting in Scribe's Corner with Tim's, Tim Rolls, which I thought was quite funny. But just bumping into so many people I know and have known down the years at Chelsea, it was special. Anyway, enough of that. Right. Tell me about what's coming next with you lot.
6: Well, we've got the full narrative series starting, which is going to be very different for anyone who's listened to the Ken Bates tapes and the Matthew Harding tapes. And if you haven't, why not? Um, that They were more straightforward interviews from A to Z and talking about certain subjects. And the actual narrative podcast series we're doing is dropping now the blueprint proper. This is the official story that we're telling, and I'll let Gary tell you, explain the actual nuance of what the story is we're telling. But this is eight episodes. This is built up of a collection of voices taken from over Mm -hmm. 180 interviews we've done on and off the record, nearly a thousand hours of audio we've taken it from, and there are going to be some amazing voices in there telling us all stories that we've never heard before, as well as ones we do know. And what we've said, what's been amazing talking to these people is how many times we thought we knew what the story was and we were finding out the most incredible insight into things that have actually happened in the period that we're talking about. But Gary's probably the best one to describe the actual dates that we're doing and why we've gone for this format as well. Gary, oh, you... Am I
1: supposed to talk now? Sorry. Yeah. You, well, you like, you like <laughs> I was
3: waiting for Chish outlet. to go. No, Gary, no, over I, I, to no, you. no, no. I was just—I just, deliberately being a naughty boy, so I'd let them have a dramatic build-up pause. You see.
6: I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I th- if only J.K. could have done some sound effects to go with it. <laughs> it's really funny done...
3: that. No, I used to do this on on, on Love Sport. I mean, because I I know that radio producers absolutely hate dead air. It really freaks them out. It really freaks them out like nothing I've ever seen. And as you know, I'm a psychotherapist in my day job, so I used to sit there quite often, just have a really long pause, just to see how much I could freak the fuck out of them. It was just joy. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, enough, enough. Gary, over uh, to you, sorry. Gary. Yeah.
2: Thank you, Chidge. You, oh, Gary, Gary, you, for fuck's
1: sake. <laughs> Speak in my, now. In my good ear. In my good ear. Speak now. Um, so um, yes, as Kerry set it up so well. So uh, as we were saying, um, we we did the the stuff with Ken and and obviously the harding stuff. Um, we were we were going to um, come on here. Well, we were going to ask to come on with the Harden stuff, Chidge, But we thought we'd had your good. Yeah, you, you, you know, did London Blue.
6: Don't don't think I didn't notice, mate. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so, I just want to explain that cause, it was um, all Gary's idea, not mine. What it was is
1: that <laughs> I, I just knew that with we, we, you guys, we're preaching to the choir, right? You guys know. <laughs> You, some of you knew Harding personally, and I thought, "Come on, get out the hole." If, if we go on, a London is blue. Yeah, those guys know fuck all, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go right on to... there. No, yeah. I'm only joking, guys. You know your stuff. But um, it sounds like you'll be back with us next time, then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, go we'll off. be
6: on there next time. Apologising.
1: I'm going to be in Mar
6: a Lago soon. Constantly upsetting all other Chelsea podcasts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so now we find ourselves at the, the stuff that is actually going to be um really good. This is the stuff that is the exciting stuff. This is the documentary now coming to life. So um we're releasing two episodes tomorrow and then it's an episode <clears throat> one every one every week for seven weeks so there's eight episodes. Um but tomorrow we start with the first two which is uh, episode 1 Enemies of Football and then episode 2 The Hand of Hod um, so my, my great belief is, and I'm sure people will disagree with me, but um, my belief is that you know Roman came in in 2003 in July and did what he did that summer, but it's that's not really the turning point. The turning point really in the modern history came 18 months later when we went toe to toe with Barcelona. Um, so we've done the first episode is a study of of that game and comparing it to the game in 2000 and how the club had grown in that five-year window because uh, obviously we beat them 3-1 um, at Stanford Bridge and then we lost 5-1 at the New Camp so um, <clears throat> we just do a, a study of that speaking to the likes of Steve Clark. Um actually Chidge you know who's in this episode that sounds really really good me you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I was joking. <laughs> I was actually joking because yeah, remember no, she, I asked you last time. I said I, I yeah. know I in- you interviewed me, but I can't remember what the fuck I talked about.
1: Episode. So, so the really funny you thing made is
6: episode one.
1: No yeah, the way. really fu- the fu- the funny thing is when when I'd cut it all together and we did all the sound bed and everything, and I sent it to Kerry to listen to it the first time. Kerry went. Fuck, chid sounds
6: good. <laughs> <laughs> I love how I love how you're surprised by that. Well, can I just say that was his interpretation of how I said it? My my actual way I said it was fuck. That was good. <laughs> keep
2: it coming. Keep it. coming. Uh, uh, but, uh, so, so, so what now, we Gary. do is
1: um, yeah, we're just telling. But um, then it, it's not just te- it's not it's not like a. A blow, blow, blow account of this happened, that happened. It's sort of more getting the insight from the people that were there, and obviously, um, we have Rick, yourself, Church, and Simon Johnson, given the perspective of those of how you saw it. But then we've got Steve Clark taking us down the corridor into the referees' office with Anders Frisk, wow. everything he saw with Frank Reichard. Um, <clears throat> he opens up about. So I said we said to him, "How did you get to?" be there though? Why Why were you there? Why, why didn't you go in with the Chelsea team? And then he explains the tactics around Jose and what Jose required of him to do with match officials at half time. Um So there's all that insight and then we've got Tory Andre Flo and Frank Leberth taking us into the new Camp and, and talking about that game and also the game at Stamford Bridge. <clears throat> um, so we're just trying to show this and then Lamps comes into it at the end when we talk about the, the 4-2 game. Um, but we, we're just trying to show you know this is is such a crucial part of Chelsea's history um, that game and in my opinion anyway um, so hopefully we've done a good job on it and people will hear it and go okay yeah I, I get the point you're making yeah you, know, you, you could point to the 1st of July 2003 but I think it's a bit too simple mm. you know um, I think as you see this this year right is that you can't you can't just come in and splash the cash and things work I think that something had to be built and uh that's what they did and um so that, that that's that's sort of where we started but then at the very end of that episode we sort of just take you right back to where the story really starts which is with glenn um so i know anyone has listened to the stuff with with ken he's not a fan of glenn but um i am and um i just think that is when chelsea really changed right you've got these pivot points in the story and yeah, the, the the middle one is 2005, but it starts with, with Glenn. So we take the story back to there and then that's the episode with Glenn and everyone talked, you know, taking us into the club and, and what he did.
6: Yeah, Brilliant. And, and, <laughs> sorry, I was just going to say, and what's incredible about, about that Hoddle episode, or both of them really, is the things that we discovered along the way. We had an idea, as I said, and then we'd be finding out things as we were talking to Glenn Hoddle. He was... Telling us about how things were, uh, how the players w- would relate stories and how they all had such kind words about Hoddle and really treated him as, as somebody they totally respected. It's like when Eddie Newton talks <clears throat> about Hoddle and and then he it's really funny, I won't go into the story, but he goes <laughs> on about how they these grown adult footballers were watching Glenn Hoddle, going, He was incredible on the training pitch. Yeah. And they they've, they all show great insight and tell us great stories about Hoddle.
3: I
1: think... Didn't,
0: sorry,
6: didn't go on. Castorino, to go have, didn't Castorino
0: have a go at him, though, in his book?
1: Yeah, but he about. probably had a go at him because he got rid of him.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. No, he, he made a... He, made a F, right, he, he flogged him off to France, didn't he, at that stage? Now, he was talking about doing where Glenn would stand in the middle and they'd all have to try and do volley keepy-ups to him, and he was the only person who could do it. And it really pissed him off. But yeah, that's a very good point, actually, there, Kerry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: don't know why, but on on Talk Sport, it always really pisses. It's the, he's on that on the morning show, isn't he, on Saturday and Sunday? And it always pisses me off when they introduce him as a former Chelsea player, <clears throat> Tony Cascarino. I I I like to expunge him from my memory, actually. But uh, there you
6: go. <laughs> he missed the worst open goal I've ever seen at yeah. Chelsea. He managed to hook one over the bar from well, under the bar. Yeah, worse do, than Kesman. Do, do Kesman did that. The, do you yes, remember the Six program
4: with Danny Baker when he did the, the original phone in and he was very, very funny? And I think we'd been beaten by Sheffield Wednesday at home, either 2-0 or 3-0, and he just Danny Baker just said, Ah, good to see Anthony Cascarino weaving his magic at another club. <laughs> it's about sums it up doesn't it
3: <laughs> i think i probably said this this to you last time you boys were on but i mean i you know these kind of documentary <clears throat> style podcasts uh i think are a brilliant idea if they're done well and i i remember the first one i listened to uh was uh one on the clash which had um i always uh, forget his name because i'm a dick but the one of the blokes from public enemy uh basically narrated the whole thing and it was wasn't well, it chuck d thank you it was chuck d that's right and uh and, and when they're really, really good you, and they get released kind of every week, it's like a really great TV series. You can't wait for the next one. You're just like champing at the bit for the next release date. Y- your podcast has the same buzz and feel, I think. I mean, w- when, when you released the Ken Bates tape, people went nuts and just can't wait for the next iteration, which was Matthew Harding. So this is going to absolutely fly. So what's, what can we look forward to beyond uh, the first episode, which is uh, you know, comparing the two Barcelona games well, and then going back <clears> to Glenn?
1: Yeah, we we got some surprises in there. Um, so the bet the best story in I'm not going to say it's with because it's it's not like the big names, but there's two people in it that um, tell stories about when they met Glenn and he came round the house for Sunday dinner, and it's it's absolutely brilliant. Um, so uh, it's just little stuff like that we've got in there. But then after that we just so we we take we start the story in 2005, go back to 93 and then just sort of take it chronologically right to 2012. But then it's it's just stuff like, you know, um, like Kerry was saying, we thought we knew the story and then you, you're doing these interviews. And I think I might have said this when we were on doing the Ken Bates stuff. But then I would just phone people I know at Chelsea and be like, shit, you know, they just said this to me is... I I didn't know that. Do you know that? And they're like, no. And because you're so close to it, you sometimes feel like, oh, someone must know this. And then they don't. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. So we've got these little nuggets and, you know, it's just stuff that it's not like sensational stuff of like, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to walk in and, and, you know, um, this player had the BB gun and was holding it to this player's head. It's nothing like that. It's more (laughs) just in insight into. I thought that was Ashley Cole. Yeah. No, well, yeah, the, the joke was is that uh, yeah it was Jacob Mellis that he shot, or was it Jacob Mellis who did it anyway? Um, but w- what we what we found is, is there's nothing sensational in there, but it's just stuff that's just really really interesting. It makes you understand that the stuff Chelsea did and the lengths they went to in order to do it. You know, like just to bring it up to um, to the, t- the the 2012 final is. Um, you know i i never knew this I you know we we know that Gary Cahill and David Louise and Ashley Cole were struggling with injury, but um I didn't know that up to right up to kickoff you can change the light the team lineup um so one minute before the kickoff in Munich they didn't know David Louise was going to play or not wow. um so he had been warming up and they they had another player in the dressing room who. When you get to that episode, I don't want to ruin it, but don't ruin it. Talks it. about his experience of it, but the stuff of what he was doing, where he had to, because they didn't want Bayern to see that this player was warming up, because then if he was warming up, they knew that Cahill and David Louise really were screwed. Um, so he was in the tra- he was in the changing room in the showers, warming up in the showers, doing little shuttle runs and kicking the ball, and he had a a trainer with him, sure. and then.
0: Wonderful David- story, Gary. Wonderful story.
1: No, but wow. D- David Luiz came in and he thought he was going to wow. play this guy. And then David Luiz gets his third painkilling injection in order to play. And then it's only as they're going out, that you know, he tells his story. There's way more to it. This guy tells a story way better than me. But um, it's only as they were going out that he was like, grabbed him and went, David, like, am I playing or not? And he went, no, no I'm going to play. And the great thing is, is that David Louise goes and takes a penalty after 120 minutes of football and scores it, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just those, it's those little things that sort of build it up, so that you can appreciate what it is that that Chelsea have done. But um, <clears throat> you know, there's just just so much more besides, you know. Um, and we, we're just trying to tell it in a way that brings people in. And brings you closer to the club but you it's not us telling it we're just the conduits to these stories that aren't necessarily in in the public domain because there's a lot of stuff we've had to keep out as well
6: and i think it's a great football story what we're hoping is that this is a true documentary made by documentary makers just so happens we're chelsea fans but actually anyone from any club would be interested in the tale that's told and the way that it's told I think it's engaging. We'll, we'll, look, we'll find out tomorrow uh, when, you know, you've all changed your numbers. And well, Gary, Gary
0: Gary, and Kerry, will you be doing this season in 10 years' time, do you think?
6: Well, we'll be doing this podcast in 10 years' time okay. and we'll be yeah. reporting back on this very night <laughs> when you became a prop master.
4: <laughs> Clayton, Clayton. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a question. Um, Two-part question: One, were you surprised at how much people opened up to you? And secondly, presumably, you can't name people who just didn't want to know and were just gave you nothing.
1: Oh no, I can I can name some of them. <laughs> I'm quite happy to okay. name some of them.
6: I, I'll answer the first part. Um, <laughs> oh no, go on you 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 take you take. No, the, no, go the, on, Kerry, about, go on. What was the first part?
1: Were you surprised surprised? by how much people opened up?
6: Yeah, I think the the thing is, uh, Gary and I worked a few years previously on a a tennis series and we were out on the road a lot on the the tennis tour for quite some time. And what I learned in that time with with Gary, who'd always been a sports journalist, um, but had always wanted to get into documentary and he got me into the tennis world. And what I found there was that, You get an interview with a player and you would be on a clock there'd be somebody you would have maximum seven minutes with these players so you're really having to just do surface stuff to try and find some way to get some interest out of them and we were talking about this before we started (coughs) recording saying look we've got to ask the key questions you know we, we might only get a certain amount of time and then actually The first person just about that we did, the first person who was really of import for us was Steve Clark. And Gary had pages and pages and pages of questions. And we were chatting saying, well, you know, should really get an order together of the top ones because you never know how long he'll be. So we thought it might be 15 minutes, might be half an hour. In the end, he just sat down and he talked to us for two hours. And I I think Gary was still making questions up. Because what I think happens is because hopefully we set people off in a relaxed manner, they don't feel as though we're intensely trying to get something out of them. We're actually genuinely interested in finding a story. And I think they relaxed with us. And it was almost like they were telling people things for the very first time. Mm -hmm. So there's a real natural Mm -hmm. feel to most of the words that come out of these people. And I think we've been really privileged to sh- share time with these people and get their stories because I think our, our job is really to honour their words really and do justice to what they say because they've let us into stories no one has ever heard and they've shared them with us and I think it will offer insight not just to Chelsea fans but to football fans and, and that's kind of what you try and do as a documentary maker.
3: Couldn't agree more. I think the other thing I kind of love about that is, I mean, you obviously come out with an idea and a plan and a structure for what you want to do. And then you're absolutely right. You know, the reality is, is that the the narrative is led by how good the interviewers are. And and, and I think it's just it's just joy. I mean, I've made documentaries, so I I understand that. But it's joyous, isn't it, when you get that and you just get this blinding stuff from people. It just takes the whole narrative arc in a completely different direction. And you end up with a program that you never even thought you were going to make. That's what makes it exciting for the people that make it, I would presume, as well as us listening.
6: Yeah, because it's it's conversational. It's never Gary never started any any interview off and said, so what was the favorite team you used to play for? It was always something intriguing. Mm. And once you 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 get that intrigue from your subject, then all bets are off and they understand this is going to be a two way conversation. But um, so, yeah, we were we were very lucky that these people opened up to us, but it, it It's allowing the conversation to change as well and be be open to something appearing and going, hey, we mustn't forget that. And that's where it's quite interesting from Gary and our point of view, because whoever was asking the questions, The other one would be texting a thought that's come across because sometimes when you're interviewing directly, you might miss something that's just appeared from left of centre, as it were. And then Gary would text me and say, hey, just ask him about or vice versa. If Gary's asking the question with text. So it was amazing how many unknown conversations appeared. And it's just seeing that possibility.
3: Mm, Great stuff. Right. Um. How's the chelsea going? Half, but... oh, sorry, half. hang on. Whoa, whoa. What, what, what? Sorry, mate. Go on.
0: G- Gary, second half. People who said they weren't interested.
6: <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> well, um, remember, JK. Well, you know
1: what? So we, we spoke to people off the record who um couldn't, and they they just gave us the, um. You know, we've got this deck and we'd we'd send this deck off to everyone and say, oh, look, th- this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. And then as we were getting new names in here, we were adding them. Um, and you know, some, some of these interviews took like months to to get because we just had to build up the trust to show that no, look, we're doing it properly, and we're not that sort of people, and you know, etc. And it it takes a lot, and um, and yeah, so some people we we spoke to, and they said, oh look, I'm happy to give you information, but I can't talk because I've got an NDA, or you know, I don't want to be novochoked or whatever, you know, so I can't talk to you um, on the record um but um yeah the one two that really two that really annoyed me were two that agreed to do it and then just completely ghosted us uh one was peter kenyon um we agreed everything and um we had it all set up numerous times and in the end just ghosted us um and the other one was paul smith i don't remember paul smith
4: he was director wasn't he yeah, he, he...
1: he. Yeah, he was the interim MD in between Trevor Birch and Kenyon, um, and he. So he was there for that summer. So I thought it would be great, and he agreed to do it all. And then he just completely disappeared as well. So um, maybe, yeah, maybe he like got another No, no, he's he's very much alive. I, I still see him doing stuff on LinkedIn. <laughs> Uh, he hasn't been Novichok yet. <laughs> maybe I'll go to Salisbury to check out the spire on the cathedral, and I'll be there, and he won't come don't, home.
3: But I live, a, I live a spit from Salisbury, so don't oh, right, get me worried.
1: Okay, can, I, can I just say, actually, as Kerry was talking about some interviews, um, yeah, it, it's and just to answer Clayton's question, just with my own perspective on it, is that it's been it's been pretty incredible, and um, there's some people on there that have never spoken publicly before. Um, we had to build a lot of trust up with them in order to do it because they didn't, they weren't sure whether they should talk to us. But um, we did this interview with this one guy, and um, it's been such a like, pathetic experience doing this. And um, the strangest thing happened where it was almost like Kerry was sat there looking at me, looking at this guy, thinking, "What the hell do I do?" Because this guy was talking about Chelsea and his dad. And then he just burst into tears talking about Chelsea and his dad. And then I saw him crying about Chelsea and his dad. So I don't mind talking about this now because, you know, we I can. But I'm 40 years old and I'm there crying my eyes out, talking to him about Chelsea and my dad. And Kerry sat there like, what do I do? And I was just like, oh, And I was crying. And then he was like, can we have a hug? And we have a hug and all this stuff. Obviously, none of this is going in. But it was just the weirdest experience. And then um, we were just sharing stories about Chelsea families and, and all this stuff. And um, it's just been like, yeah, it's been incredible. We've been it's, just, it's been deep. A... Yeah, yeah, we've gone down some places that I never thought we would go with it. And um, it felt really ghoulish, like talking to someone about their dad in that way. And then it made me feel about, think about my dad and my, my brother. You had the misfortune chidge of meeting two of my brothers on saturday if you remember um <laughs> I,
3: I did have a few guinnesses to be fair yeah. gary as you know
1: yeah it's probably and then, the best um, way. so, so it, it's, it's just yeah just just really um bizarre experiences that have been like really um i don't know life affirming in a way but it's, it, we've been doing it's been a this real for so journey, long been
3: a real journey mate by the sounds of it
1: yeah yeah and um here we are now with it coming out so um yeah it's been it's been good but people opening up with us, you know, it's been pretty incredible. And like Kerry was saying there, use the Steve Clark example and then Dean Mateo as well. Um, You know, I remember doing the interview with him and it was, we were worried how long it'd be. So I started off with questions about 2012 and he went, wait there, my career at Chelsea started in 1996. I went, oh yeah, but I thought I'd ask you, because I was thinking if we don't get an hour of him, I want all the 2012 stuff. We want 97 still, but we can get that from more people. And he went, no, 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 let's start at the beginning. And I was like, okay. And then in the end, we just went on for hours and hours and hours. Two challenge. and a
6: half hours, that one was.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was great. Wow. And um, yeah, it was, it was really good. You know what? Very it's, nice, guys.
3: It's You know, what. one thing I found, <coughs> you know, interviewing footballers, you know, they give you a five-minute test, you know, and the, and the test is to establish whether you really are genuinely a football supporter, not some prick with a camera or, or, or a recorder. And if you pass that test, they'll just talk and they'll talk and they'll talk and they'll talk and they'll talk because they love talking about. I mean, when I say they love talking about themselves, I don't mean it in the narcissistic way, but they love talking about the game and remembering that stuff. Of all the kind of people that I've interviewed, without without doubt, footballers are the favorite interview subjects because they will just if they trust you, they will cough it up. They're, They're brilliant. So. I can only imagine the amount of fun that you boys have had doing this, and it really does shine through. What's the release schedule then? What can we? Because I mean, we had to wait a bit, didn't we, from the Bates ones to the Harding ones. So, what, what's is it? Go, are they all going to come out like every week or whatever? What? what what's yeah, it's be? a
1: two tomorrow, and then it'll be one a week thereafter. So um, we are running from the thirty-first of May right through to the twelfth of July. So we we we've, we've actually now got some Chelsea in our
3: lives on a positive sense this summer, because I don't want the, I'm, I'm glad to see the back of those bastards right now. And I, I don't want anything to do with them until August.
1: Well, right. this, this is a good thing we think, well, it's not a good thing, but we are just like, well, it's worked out really that now is the perfect time to reflect.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just remember what we used to have yeah. and what but, we'll get again. Yeah. But the, we, the we were, there, we, were there, we were there had, when we were good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but the, the the generation we've had is well and you know we knew it was gone anyway but it's well and truly done now so now it's you know um, it's I guess it's the ideal time isn't it it's 20 years this July since Roman bought the club um, it's 11 years since Munich but you know everything has come back to and, and this is where I think there's some weird synergy as well is that story i know we start at the pivot point in 2005 but the story is from 93 to 2012 so 30 years ago when glenn came in um and what happened you know with with glenn he had to rebuild the club from the bottom up and that that was a spurs legend coming to chelsea and oh spooky now and now you look at it 30 years on you've got a spurs legend coming to chelsea yeah, it was funny because I saw, um, I think it might have been Bleach Report or ESPN. They did a graphic yesterday and they were like, the Spurs-Chelsea coach swap continues. And they had Conte, Jose, AVB and Pochettino on there. And I looked and I thought, yeah, but it doesn't really continue, does it? Because three of those coaches were all going down in their career. Yes. And Pochettino's <laughs> on the way up, isn't he? You know, I'm not saying that because it's Chelsea, but they all went to Spurs because they had to save their career, which they didn't. It went worse for him progressively going there, whereas Pochettino's still on that upward trajectory. Spurs, he could have gone to Spurs if he wanted to, but it's like Fabregas coming to Chelsea when when he did, right? All those years ago. So um, I think there's a synergy there as well. That And when you hear Glenn, you know, he talks about how he got offered the job, but he had agreed to take the Chelsea job. So he he didn't go to Spurs because he had that gentleman's agreement with Chelsea and he, he, you know, he stood by it and um, he did some pretty incredible stuff.
3: Marvellous. Well, there we go. Boys, we wish you nothing but the uh, the best of luck with this. I mean, I, honestly, I I've been waiting for this mm. since the, the the Bates ones came out, and then the Harding ones because they are, they really are. I mean, that they, I mean the best the best way I could describe it is you you have crafted these, and uh, I I'd like to think that's the, about the highest praise I can give because I think it it really shines through how much love you've put into this. So my my chapeau is off, and I'm I'm exceptionally delighted to know that I shall be in uh tomorrow's episode which i had i mean in hand on heart i had forgotten about entirely until you telegraphed it to me earlier <laughs> gary you know so there we go that's a bit of a Bruce you're of gonna race. hear it
1: chid you would be like i said that i said that <laughs> fuck i was God, I'm
3: i must have been sober when they did this interview i'll be saying <laughs> there you go. Do, do you
1: mind if i just say one more thing before we go because i know there's someone who listens i don't know if he's listening now but there's a listener you have called steve martin oh yeah
3: what yeah i know steve, steve. yeah he's a brilliant yeah. bloke so
1: yeah, I, we did it, We did this on the Chelsea yeah. yesterday, but I just want to extend my gratitude to him here so everyone can hear it. So when we were getting beaten by Man City, I was in Rome watching Bruce Springsteen and um, I would bought my tickets in Italian. So I bought them for the wrong section. But fortunately, <laughs> without me even asking, Steve had DM'd me on Twitter going, oh, my mate's on the tour and whatnot. This is when Bruce got to Barcelona a few weeks ago. And he said, oh, I'll help you out in Rome. So um, yeah, I turned up to the door in Rome and there were two passes for me so um, steve if you're listening thank you very much
3: he's a champion no oh, he's a lovely lovely bloke well well done yes. steve good
0: chap
1: good uh,
3: chap how how is the Chelsea by the way have you have you jacked it in for the season like we have Oh God, yes! Yeah, yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. What a, the only what, one who
3: wanted to
1: keep it going right. was Andy because he needed somewhere to vent. Well, true, true.
6: He could do it on his own for like the next two. He months, is still going. Okay. We we've got it live on twenty four seven. What we did
1: is we we went into Chat, G, chat GPT and we just put, "Can you um, <laughs> can you rant like Andy Saunders?" <laughs> It's, and it, 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 back.
6: It's, no one can rent like no no it, it,
1: it, it it's still it's still ranting it's still going I and mean, that was like two <laughs> weeks ago we asked it
3: oh, bless you <laughs> so when when will we see you back on the Chelsea then
6: august <laughs> yeah i guess yeah. we'll see what happens see what happens through the summer yeah yeah definitely well
3: look uh hopefully catch up with you sometime in the off season but if not i'll uh i'll see you boys when we all get back to the bridge and uh I am, for one, thoroughly looking forward to uh, to listening to these over the summer. It's uh, it's, a, it's the kind of bit of Chelsea that I need, not the crap that we've had for the last nine months or so. So, again, well done to you two. I mean, a- available wherever you get your podcasts, right? Available yeah, yeah,
6: everywhere. Yeah,
1: and if you just search the blueprint, colon, how Chelsea FC changed football, you'll find it easily. Brilliant. He and loves we his just colon. Us.
3: Yes, apparently, he, <laughs> it's him. something he and J.K. share, I think. <laughs> can i
1: can i can i blow smoke up
0: your asses by just saying it's um a magnificent achievement and you've done absolutely brilliantly i really really as chid said take my hat off absolutely superb
3: stuff guys wonderful
1: well hopefully you hear See the real day, thing okay? and you enjoy that as well so yeah appreciate that well done. Good
3: stuff. Boys, fantastic. And thank you so much for, for coming on, on the little old Chelsea fan cast uh, to uh, tell us all about it. We're as always honoured to have you on. And as I said, I hope we, we get to see you both very, very soon. And good luck with it. You won't need luck. It'll be fantastic. It'll fly this. I'm sure it will. So well done. Cheers. There you go. Brilliant uh, Gary Hayes and Kerry Levy from the Chelsea. But actually, or more to the point, from the uh, – I'm going to forget it again, aren't I? What's it called, Clayton? Blueprint. Blueprint. I, mean, I really am going senile. You is... wanted
0: to say blue blue tack then, didn't you, Chich?
3: Bl- I keep thinking blue. Blue Peter. I, I tell you what was running through my mind. I can do this as a psychotherapist. I can reveal the contents of my inner dialogue, the conversation with myself. I was thinking, oh, fuck, I've forgotten it again. Was it Blue Day? No, no, that's the song that's in it. Blue Post. No, 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 no. That's the pub I used to drink in in Soho. Ah, struggle, struggle. Clayton, help me out is where I went with that. So there you go.
5: But he did say to 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 Google it, definitely, didn't he? Because I had that problem when I tried to download it a few weeks back. And I there's quite a few blueprints on there. But if you obviously put in how Chelsea FC changed football in the same sentence, then it does come up.
3: They're fine boys, and it is. I mean, if you've listened to the episode so far, you'll know how good it is. And uh, I think I think now they're getting into the kind of a the chronological history of the of the club from uh, 93 to 2012 uh, it's going to be brilliant so well done right um we've kind of uh, reached the end of our season nearly i just have a couple of uh... oh,
0: god not more chidge i can't bear it
3: are you still here? <laughs> are you still here haven't haven't they kind of like you know greased around your do yet i meant the season carrying on oh right no 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 there's no 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 we done we are done talking about chelsea in that oh, sense good. this is Chelsea fan cast related which is much more oh, exciting good. okay one good. the uh the premier the prem predictions league oh god it's finally <laughs> over <laughs> and I can announce that JK is not bottom of the league
4: oh, I've
3: got to log in again the fuckers I've had it up there so long that it's uh it's logged me out so but I can reveal that JK is not bottom of the league um what I can reveal is that he is still the lowest of the fan casters. Uh, co- really? yeah. Coming in at, uh, do you know what? He's not the lowest of the fan casters. Dean Mears is, but I think Dean gave up about three months ago. <laughs> uh, Jonathan is in 79th. Funnily enough, all the people below him, uh, didn't play last weekend. So that tells me they gave up ages ago, apart from Josh Wadsworth, who probably joined late. And, uh, will van brackle who also joined late but uh uh i have to say jk that that's a better performance for you than last year so i think you're heading in the right direction so well played
0: i got got the odd result um absolutely right the odd freak results have got big points
3: but well, can I, I can tell you you got as many spot-ons in the season as i did
0: here we have it
3: wasn't very many i have to tell you anyway <laughs>
0: no, but enough enough enough, so.
3: enough right so in reverse order for the fancasters, well dean dean is the bottom of our table i think he gave up ages ago then jk uh tony glover who's rubbish at this as well he's 68th um other notables in there uh well paul cannaval 59th basically i was doing Paul's scores for him most weeks and doing better than my own <laughs> don't ask anyway canna's was 59th mark me in 58th poor season from you mark we expect much better from you next season Uh, They are all on page two. I have to say, for myself, I have had a very Chelsea-esque season. Mid-table, obscurity, mediocrity, hello, my old friend. I am 49th, which was very disappointing. But as I said, also disappointing. I had as many or as few spot-ons as JK did, so not very good from me. Um, And then we have uh, Chris Sutton, uh, who is 39th, so I finished below him, which is a, a cause of huge shame for me, I have to say. Uh, and then running up the old leaderboard pat nevin is in 36 so pat had a bit of a dodgy season really uh, out of the ex-players that we've got in our group kerry kerry he, kerry will be delighted by this that he's beaten pat and chris and canners that's all he required i mean obviously he wanted to win but i think he'll be he'll settle for beating that lot He he's equal 31st with the absolutely lovely claire mcconnell so there we go uh whizzing up there. I'm getting through the fancasters first really. Dan Silver on his debut season twenty-fifth. Very creditable Dan. Uh whizzing up Oh my goodness me. There's some bloke called Dane Whittle, who is twelfth Dane. Respectable,
5: respectable
3: mate hugely respectable and I, I i've never worked you out on this you're up and down like a flaming yo-yo you one week you get like 200 points next week you get minus five i don't know how you do it but you've you've stuck it out 12th place yeah good good I really enjoy it
5: i really enjoy it i really like it the amount of times i get it wrong and i see a result coming i think oh yeah i predicted that and i check it and i didn't yeah but yeah no it, it is fun and i'm trying to encourage some some other people i know to come into it they obviously might not be in the chelsea one but it's it's fun to do
3: It is. Well, well done, you. I think that's hugely (laughs) creditable. That makes you third of the fan casters. So that's pretty good. Uh, In ninth, Marco Worrell, who came, uh, I think he might have won it last year. Uh, He did very, very well. Anyway, he's ninth this year. So, you know, steady for Mark. You know, that's good. Get top 10 in this is pretty damn good. And guess who the top fan caster is? like we had any doubt and he managed to do this by only getting five points this week as well Martin Bloody Wickham does it again so there you go he's been he's, he's basically Martin has been basically playing out to make sure he gets that Champions League spot of fourth for the last few he's not gone up any higher than that but he's not dropped out he's like played the percentages and played professionally well done Martin so the overall winner is Jigs CFC and he he's actually pretty close to winning the whole damn competition, as I recall. I will check for you now. But uh, Jigs CFC, who I don't, I mean I I don't I, I don't knowingly know him. Um, I probably do know him, but I don't with the name Jigs. I'm not sure anyway. He's fourth overall in the entire thing, so that's a pretty damn fine performance from him. So he's the top of the Chelsea fancast mini league, uh, but he's uh, fourth in the overall thing. And the overall thing's got about 1,500 people in it. So That's fucking marvelous. Massive shout outs to Theo Stankalescu, who we know because he's emailed us a few times. He's come second. He came out of nowhere to come second. And another massive shout for the lovely Tim McConnell, who ended up being fifth. I'm afraid, Tim, you did an arsenal because you were <laughs> you were leading this for months and months and months and months. And then right when it all got serious, it all went to shit for you. So I'm really sorry about that. But well done for sticking it out today in fifth. Uh, loads of people we love and know in there i won't read you all out because we'll be here all night but you've all done very well and one thing i'm really looking forward to is that coming back next season which is sure as eggs is eggs it will do now the most remarkable thing uh in this entire season is about to happen next week that's right i will be sending out the kerry dixon banners i mean lord I'm, i mean do you know it's taken me a year maybe this is what i should just do i'll just do them once a year once the season's finished i I apologize so much for being so useless in getting these damn things out but uh i am a very busy boy you see and i just don't dedicate the time that i should do to it but i'm going to read your names out these are the people that are going to be receiving kerry dixon banners for joining patreon they are paul rhodes david Lotzer. David Keeve, Paul Crowder, Jonathan Briscom, Daniel Cabral, Daniel Harrison, Wesley Avinger, Joseph Hubbock, Russell Keddy, Catherine Cole, Nicky Spence, Gary Moore, Siobhan, Siobhan Hind, Caroline Walters, Jeff Lowry, and Dave Kinder. Many of whom we've heard emails from on this very show. Uh, now, if Brian Della Bernarda, Philip Francis would like to send me their address. They will also get banners. They said they wanted one, but they didn't give me their address and I need that to send one to you. And Frank, Frank from Watertown in, I think that's Maryland. You or no, this is M.A. Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Not bad on the old state geography thing. Frank from Maryland. If you send me your second name, I will also... Oh send- no, that's Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is it?
5: Massachusetts, sorry. M.A. Massachusetts. MA's
3: Massachusetts. is Massachusetts. It- What's Maryland then? Uh, M isn't it? Uh, it could be, yeah. Right, Frank from Massachusetts. If you send me your, you know, an email with your second name on it, I will send you a banner too, all right? But I can't send it just to Frank. It's not going to work, mate. So there you go. So you lot will all be getting... Well, I'll be sending them this week, and uh, I don't know how long it will take to get to you, but it will take a while, that's for sure. But, uh, but there you go. Right. MD, uh, Maryland MD. MD, is it? Right, okay. Well... That is all we've got time for tonight and indeed this season. But fear not, we will still be doing a few special podcasts over the summer. Um, To wit, uh, we'll be doing our season review show next Monday when Dean will be revealing how shocking our predictions at the (laughs) beginning of the season were. That is going to be hell. Uh, JK and I will probably squeeze out uh, the last in off the post of the season two. Not quite sure when. I need his people to speak to my people uh during the summer uh we'll be releasing some of the live at the troubadour gigs that we've done this season so i think uh we did pat we, l- we let that one out cundy canners uh i think we might let carry out uh well oh, bait uh b- uh johnny b and colin pates though. so there'll be a few of those coming out so they'll be fun to listen to a few interviews with chelsea authors i'm um, doing one tomorrow and uh, of course when i've had a t- chance to sleep and relax and chill uh, the return of fifty years of Chelsea, so there we go we 're up to about two thousand and seven, I think right. no sleep for the wicked then uh quick reminder patreon if you want uh, if you like what we do and you want to help us out uh, cover the costs, etc etc, then uh, you can join up to be a Chelsea fancast patron, which means you donate a little bit of money every month. Uh, by going to Patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. If you do that, you will get one of the aforementioned Kerry Dixon banners. If you want one little mini banner, not the huge thing you see in the Matthew Harding, you'll also be able to join our Discord group, which is brilliant. It's like Mixler 24 7. And if you want to send us an email to get read right out on the show, it can be a Patreon message, an Instagram post, tweet, Facebook post, you name it, but preferably an email. Then the email address is ChelseaFancast at com. And you can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59 and Dane at DeWitt9. So there you go. Thank you to all the fancasters this season. JK, Clayton, Dane, Dean, Alex, Tony, Dan, Martin, Marco, Mark, Liam Toomey and Adam Newsom as well for being absolutely brilliant all season. But most of all, Thanks to all of you who have listened to us every week, drank with us in the pubs at the matches, come to the Troubadour gigs or engage with us on Discord and social media. You are absolutely bloody marvellous and we love you massively for that. We really, really do. Uh, we will miss you over the summer, but summer well and we will be back with you uh, in August for kind of real fan casts. and I, I'm already looking forward to it actually. It's weird. I've been wanting to bin this season off and now I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. How does this work? This is insane. Anyway, enough of all that. Dane, uh, great to see you on the last show of the season. Well, yeah, really last appreciate one. We've got next week, but you know what I mean.
5: Yeah, I really appreciate it. really enjoy it. I'm appreciating JK giving us a, uh, a couple of cleavage uh, footage going on there. But hopefully I'll get to see you oh, like maybe in six sorry, weeks.
3: Really... Six, Why six weeks?
5: Well, hopefully if if, if you organise something. Oh, you know, oh, oh, we're having a party, the... aren't
3: we? We're having a party. I know.
5: Yeah, I... hopefully I'll be able yeah. to see all you all in, 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 in person and have... And have a drink and no doubt chat about more about this season even though we've, we've tried to officially end it tonight but yeah it's just lovely seeing you all especially you two and clayton as well thanks for inviting me on
3: my, my absolute pleasure mate um I, I need to uh oh my god the only one you can't do is june the 11th i i, I need to look at that and sort that out don't i so i'll do that mm. i might do that right now actually and then we can make a date and uh, have our little get together so yeah dane i mean you've been such a huge help all season mate i love you for it and uh Thank you so much. So let's uh, have a few drinks at our our usual annual get-together in the summer, yeah?
5: Mm -hmm. Yes, please.
3: Lovely, lovely stuff. (laughs) Uh, Clayton, you all love you. My God, it was great to see you on Saturday, mate, I have to say. Yeah,
4: no, very good, very good. Really enjoyed tonight. Been uh, been very special. Um, Shit season, but, you know, it's all about the people. It's not about the team, is it, really? And. no. you know may the fan cast go on for many years to come well providing we're all breathing out i'm sure we will be there i thought it was particularly
3: lovely actually that i i sat and watched the eighty three eighty four thing with you jk martin and stew of course the the person who was the one of the, he was he was the first fan caster really stew it was lovely that we we're all sat together and you know, possibly the bloke who inspired me to be more serious about loving Chelsea than anybody I know. That bloke I started work with, Matt, who's a massive Chelsea supporter. So it was, it was just wonderful, I, I serendipitous. Tell you, when,
4: when I basically left on Saturday night, I sort of got my train back to Wimbledon to change. And who strolls up to me but Matt? <laughs>
3: He's going back, going back
4: to Ewell, I
3: think, or something where he lives. Yeah, he's,
4: he's going to Yule. Um But, yeah, no. Did you have a saying, chat? Yeah, I did because I, met, I was speaking to him earlier in the evening and, and because I'd met him at the uh, the Troubadour for the Pat Nevin one. We both, we had a long chin-mouth that day. So, uh, yeah, so it was good.
3: Yeah, he's a very good lad. Very good lad.
4: So, yep. there we go. Uh, Clayton, yeah, I'll see you. Well, I'll probably see you. Are you going to Lords at all this summer? Uh, if I can get a ticket for any day of the Lords test match, I will go.
3: Right. Okay, I'm there on Friday. But I am. I am.
4: Well, I was was thinking about going, but there's train strikes, aren't there? I know. I know. Absolutely, train in the backside. But anyway, enjoy. I will. Well, I've got
3: to stay up there Thursday and Friday. But uh, it's all sort of. I will, of course, be seeing you at the Aegeus Bowl in September. But that's like a lifetime away, yet, isn't it? yes it is anyway and last but by no means least the absolute legend that is the the legend of the i'll tell you what if there's anything that is memorable from this season when we when we look back on this season in 20th time the thing that we will remember it for jk is absolutely fucking nothing about chelsea but (laughs) we will we will remember it as the season that you inflicted in the nicest possible way the chelsea fan bite on our on our senses and we all love you for that and the audience that we have attracted as a consequence is blinding mate well done
0: thank you very much inspired by dan we must be given a big thanks for coming up with the idea yeah
3: inspired by uh, inspired by a lunch with dan silver like like yeah, yeah like sp- spitting image
0: yeah brilliant thank so, you yeah well well done you've been
3: brilliant all season and you've been my uh right hand wingman all season as well for which you deserve a bloody medal let alone anything else so well uh, it's probably why you're in hospital to be fair isn't it
0: <laughs> yes I'm, I'm
3: having you extracted from my ass <laughs> <laughs> i wonder what that smell was <laughs> well listen i hope you get better soon and uh uh i will i will get your people to speak to my people about an in off the post uh, and
0: uh, and a gig from a band i know the, yeah we
3: need to organize that i know i haven't forgotten and well we're all going to get back together on monday or whoever's free and we'll do an end of season stuff, show and stuff. uh you at lords on friday
0: Thursday.
3: Oh, no, I'm there Friday. That's shit.
0: I'll see. I'll see if I can move.
3: No, around. don't don't panic, mate, man. If you've got shit to do, don't worry. Anyway, uh, we will see you all later. We'll see you all later. Or we'll see you all soon. Everybody out there, as I said, you've been diamonds all season. You've kept us going. And i, I I'm I'm been told by a lot of you that we've done the same for you. And it's a... Uh, it's, a, it's an exchange I wholeheartedly approve of. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Yes! the yes! chills! Oh, ah! It's the 90th minute